0: Hey, this is Aaron Conley. I make saber uh, Sabertooth Swordsman, and you're listening to Eleven O'Clock Comics.
1: Perfect. There we go. That's the one. Magic. That's what that is. And this
2: bed is just
1: right. Oh.
2: You're not a bear. Dude, I have worried dogs going on right now. Really? Yeah, neighbor brought over a new new toy and treats. And the puppy went near him and Chance tried to take his head off. Same. So now Chance Chance is like upset because he knows we're mad at him. And he's like walking around with his head (laughs) down. And then the puppy doesn't want to go near Chance because he's afraid of him.
1: Wow. That usually happens in our house too whenever a new toy is brought in. The dogs freak out.
0: What, Vince, you you walk around with your head down, pouting? <laughs> nah, I
1: just, I just leave the room. Yeah, let him fight it out.
2: <laughs> so we're going to get to see Jeff Bezos' dick soon. What? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Bezos, yeah. the uh, National Enquirer, tried to blackmail him by threatening to publish nine dick pics of him if he didn't recant all the stuff he's been saying about the National Enquirer working with Trump to do political stuff, and Bezos went public with it all. He he published all the emails, all of the correspondence, <laughs> and he said, "I he's like if if I can't stand up to embezzlement and blackmail, who can?" So, yeah, it's, it's but, true though. But I, but I mean, but but that being said, it, so I'm assuming National Enquirer is about to publish his dick pics. I said, so we know that Jeff Bezos must have a big dick because no nobody's got a small dick is that uh, that willing to uh, take that risk? So.
3: It probably does not that he's all all svelte and fit and everything. I mean, when he was (laughs) chubby, he was probably yeah.
1: But seriously, when you have that much money, what does the size of your dick matter? Yeah, right. Oh, he's He's got got a little dick, right? Did he get divorced? He's also got billions in the bank, so whatever. I'll take the billions, and you'll take the billions because this is eleven o'clock comics, episode five hundred and eighty-eight. Wow! And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. And that was one hell of a
3: segue. And I am David A. Price. Indeed, you are, and I'm Tinsel the Elf.
1: Wait, that's not who you, not who you said you were going to be.
2: I I decided to be Tinsel the Elf this week.
1: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> improvisational! You you're not Tinsel the Elf. You're not. You're Jason Wood. And if you didn't notice already, we have a fourth voice this week. Who it is? So Jason? The patrons of the Slack channel know. Well, they know, yeah, because well, they're they on the inside track. Exactly right. Who is it, Jason? Believe, believe
2: it or not, this this person. Was not on the show last year, which I'm pretty sure is the first time in five, six years that that, that he hadn't at least sat in the fourth chair once. So that was an and egregious error I on our part.
3: I don't think we
1: saw him last year either because there's no heroes in no New no, York. Didn't no, Didn't see him either. He was busy. He
2: was I have a plan, home.
1: and I'll tell you what the plan is after you reveal who it is.
2: Nice, but it is it is uh, one of our good friends, one of the industry's big mockers making moves, writing a bunch of comics, still drawing comics, uh, everybody's favorite Marvel cover artist, and uh, has a mean dice roll game that he plays with y'all at cons, <laughs> if you're lucky enough to, to to get a few minutes at his table. It is, of course, our homie, Mr. Scotty Young.
0: What's up? Yeah. How's it going? Yeah, I, is that weird? Like, I, I still don't... I think you guys did ask me to come on once last year, but the timing didn't work out. Yes. So I don't want you, yes. I don't think it's, it's definitely not you guys' fault. You didn't do anything, but uh, because we moved states, uh, my, my whole last, half of my last year was a little bit wonky. Yeah,
3: who else has yeah,
0: to put out a comic book when you're moving? It's like, oh, right? I got a new Deadpool comic book <laughs> coming out. Oh, by the way, let me just uproot my life. <laughs> I launched three books while moving my family to a different state. <laughs>
1: For real. <laughs> With no loss of quality in any of them. But here's my plan. I'm serious. Oh. All right. Just try this on for size. Scotty Sundays. Every Sunday, Scotty <laughs> oh will join God. us. <laughs> oh, Lord.
0: <laughs>
2: yes, because Hello. Scotty is busy.
0: No, what's he's not. The, he's not. What's, the, what's, the, what's the Patreon tier for that? And what's my cut? <laughs> i trying to there get There you go. go. Oh, there man. There you go.
3: That's what I was waiting
1: for. You should have
0: seen that coming, Vince. Come on. Every day I'm hustling, hustling.
1: God love you. Well, you don't have to worry about your cut at Discount Comic Book Service because it's going to be very small because you can get your comics, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. The list of specials is up. And get this, they're awesome. As if, they, you know, they, they're they going to be. But from Image, we have... Was there actually a break in this? Because... This is Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn, and it's Ascender. Oh, it's,
3: yeah, no, there's, yes. there's yeah, it, it's a break. There's, there's, there's a shift. Yeah. But I, I mean, there's, there's a, a timeline. timeline. Side yeah. reviews, so.
1: Right, but there, no, I'm not talking about that. Was there a gap between the last issue of these? Dece- oh, there was. Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we have Ascender number one, The Haunted Galaxy part one. And as I said, Jeff Lemire, Dustin Wynn, three ninety nine cover price. But what are you going to pay, Jason?
2: You
1: can play $1.99. And you're right on the money. From Ahoy Comics, I have to admit, I got a little bit of a pudgy when I read this solicitation. Uh, the name of the book is called Bronze Age Boogie. Yeah. Number one, it's Ahoy Comics Wave 2. What do you get when you combine all of the best love comic genres of the 1970s? Apes, monsters, kung fu, sword and sorcery, and cosmic adventure? You get Bronze Age Boogie and a chubby. An intense character-based action fest with plenty of style in this collector's item first issue. It is written by Stuart Moore and uh, Tyrone Finch with art by, wait for it, Alberto Ponticelli. That. yes we haven't seen him since vertigo the brian wood thing correct oh yeah. was
0: that DM- dmz that's yeah. him right
1: yeah
0: oh yeah he's awesome
1: he is very good and yeah. uh it says here elaine morissette or morissette it's a uh, 3.99 cover price but you're taking it home for 2.19 dollars 19 because you're smart and last but certainly not least from aftershock we got mary shelley monster hunter uh, number one uh, for nearly two centuries, scholars have wondered how on earth Mary Shelley, a 19-year-old girl, was able to conjure one of the most frightening and enduring horror stories of all time. You'll find out why, because she lived it, according to this. Written by Adam Glass and Olivia Briggs, with art by Hayden Sherman. $3.99 cover price, you're taking it home for a buck ninety-nine. DCBService.com doesn't mind late orders and order editions, and guess what? You don't have to leave your house, and you get comics. It couldn't be Um, easier. Seriously, the Burger King drive through is harder. DCBService.com. Yeah. All right. What's up, gents? Well, we were just... I was um, waiting with bated breath all day long to talk to you.
0: I was excited, man. I was excited that uh, you guys asked me to come on, and I was excited that I was free. And, and, uh, yeah, I realized it's like... you guys are those friends. That's why it was easy for me to not realize it was a year because it just feels, it's like, you know, you have that crew every now and then. It's like no matter if you saw each other last week or a year ago, it just feels like the same. For um, sure. Right. And so, so it's like, but then when all of a sudden you realize you have it and you're getting ready to, you're like, oh, man, I haven't talked to these guys in a while. I'm excited.
1: Mm-hmm. But we don't change. You, on the other hand, ha- do. You change. Ever evolving. Yes. And we'll talk about that later. But more importantly, what are you drinking, Scotty?
0: I am drinking um some red wine, a little pinot noir. Um because what is it's a it's a weekday, right? Weekdays, <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> um, yeah, my weekday wine is just uh some classy ass Box pinot noir. Um uh I save my nice stuff for the weekends. Good man. Yeah. So I have, I, I, before Jason came on, he didn't hear me say, I brought two, because I didn't know if Casey was going to want some, so I didn't want to hog the whole box and just leave it on my desk down here. So I have two insanely generous pours sitting here in front of me. So uh, we'll see how long this lasts.
1: A right on. on. Yep. Who's next? You, Vince. Me? Yes. Well, okay. In, in addition to the Maker's Mark, which I'm still drinking, I have something special i got to put my glasses on. What did I do with them? Oh, here they are. This is from Australia. I can guarantee that none of you ever have. have, Maybe Scotty. This is bottle number 133 of 300 from batch Mm -hmm. A602. It is a confrontation of patience and pleasure. This thing is called Mr. Black... Cold brew coffee liqueur.
0: Huh.
1: Yeah, have you ever had this?
0: No. no. No.
1: That's so bougie. You're so bougie. It's, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be coming in
3: with schnapps next week. Get this. It's it's
1: 750 <laughs> milliliter bottle, but there's 25% alcohol by volume.
3: Oh, I gotta Jesus. finish the
1: bottle tonight. So it's Jesus it's a, it says here a bittersweet blend of cold brew. Cold and pass out. Cold brewed <laughs> specialty Arabica coffee and Australian wheat spirit. It's hard to make, easy to drink, Australian born communion for coffee culture. Drink neat or in short cocktails. And it says yeah. Uh, and, and um, short cocktails, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, it's that that's that's when when we get uh, to Jason's the C two E two Eve, I'll um I'll bring you a bottle of uh Harvey's Bristol Creams so, this way. you know you can
2: really Enjoy the high life. Oh, oh boy! No, this
1: stuff is good. The um, the backside of the bottle is there's an illustration on it, but it's it's only in black line. And this stuff is so dark that you can't see the illustration until you drink some of the stuff in the bottle. So, That's cool. So the more you drink, the more of the illustration you see. And it looks like some kind of goddess. And there's two moons in the in the sky with different kinds of eclipses going on. And there's an owl on her wrist I think but this is this great stuff and from um, what I'm told it's hard to get someone you so got now you, you,
3: know, you got to bring some to jason's but sure. I'm I'm surprised you didn't try to make yourself a disappearing father
1: what's the what is that
0: <laughs>
1: see
3: who came prepared tonight bitches <laughs> it's from the uh it's it's from the 5th issue of deadpool bro 5th
1: <laughs> I'm past that I'm oh i'm sorry you. so
3: we read it and i forget that's cool all right I, 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 <laughs> so you got, i'll tell you the, the, the story mark, behind man. that uh yes you will have to what are you drinking jason
2: um you know i'm uh, i'm gonna pull a bezos here and just put it all out there i am uh, drinking spiked sparkling seltzer watermelon flavored
0: good god sir oh boy yeah all right all, All right. So well, we, we want to be back guess, on I guess we're, I guess yeah, we're here, going here, to you, an eighth grade dance after this. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. Listen, listen. listen. <laughs> I fully the the, in I fully, the car. Here's the thing:
2: <laughs> two weeks back, uh, we did the show as usual. I was drinking my grape like usual, mm-hmm. and I got a horrendous stomach virus. Oh. And uh, let's just say that uh, the wine that I drank came back up, and it's had this p- Pavlovian thing where I'm um, still working through it. I've had to, I've I've tried to drink wine a few times since, and it just is a. Uh, just huh. not not tasting right. So, uh, since you were coming on, I couldn't just just yeah. couldn't go the uh, water route. So it's the only alcoholic thing that I think my stomach will handle right now.
0: I got you. I feel you.
1: Yeah. So Jason had a built-in vomitorium. <laughs> Listen, viruses are rough, man. You know. I I catch you. I throw up in twenty-year cycles. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. For a while miss does worry
3: about spirus is not it. he's got a mac again
1: it's true oh welcome back sir best machines I, on the planet yep. anywho dap what you drinking
3: wow i am uh this is something new i picked it up last night because um my wife needed a uh a bottle so i i, I can't just leave with one so um it is from argentina it is diseno it's a red blend um I might go back and try the out back uh, next time, but it is a, uh, it's from Argentina's most highly respected uh, vignerons. So the vines are grown in a mineral-rich, fertile soil, irrigated by heavy winter snow melt from the Andes glaciers, well, at least as long as they're still around. So the, uh, this wine has intense raspberry and blueberry aromas, With not, I really don't, Feel it, though, with notes of violet, cocoa, and coffee. There you go, Vince. From Oak Aging, it shows pleasant acidity and soft tannins, finishing with a lingering note of toastiness. And it is really (laughs) not bad at all. And apparently it pairs well with um, steak, barbecue, lamb, hearty cheeses, and I guess straight out of the jar tomato sauce.
1: You can shoot me in the head when I start pairing my drink with my food.
3: (laughs) As he has a coffee liqueur in a
1: cinnamon bun yeah. yuck Don't i you, judge you sir if you ever ate a cinnamon bun while drinking this stuff you'd get the diabetes in about a second because the beat <laughs> well, this this, this shit's air. very salty so all right we got the man here let's talk about his books and there are many
2: let's do it man so yeah dude you you've been busy
0: i have been it's been an interesting busy busy year yeah it's fun should
2: we should we talk about the 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 merc with the mouth first because uh, whatever like, you guys want, sounds like that called
0: up yeah whatever you guys want let's dive no, in I,
3: I am i am a um i'm a couple issues behind but yeah no i've been um i've been powering through them the past see that's why days. y'all didn't react to my tinsel the elf comment then <laughs> well, I, well i figured it was either that or i ate fairyland, but i mean that's so old news now
2: so yeah. yeah yeah scotty's issue number seven was christmas themed yes see i'm yep. up to that one now okay that's cool that's cool yes yes and by the way that you've Middle West aside, because you know that's its own thing. The best thing you wrote this this in this last year was the title of issue number seven of De- of Deadpool.
0: Oh, what was that? Oh, oh uh, Christmas, uh, why, Christmas, Christmas, yes, yes. <laughs> I was hoping... like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you you know, you're living your, your best life when you can throw Biggie lyrics in exactly. A... Although that, I'm upset that that, that,
2: that, that that issue number eight wasn't birthdays was the worst days because that would have been epic, but but that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> well, what was the ne- the
0: next one was uh, Valentine's, right? No, um, the next one was Valentine's. the uh, amusement park one.
1: Yeah, number is oh, Valentine's, that's
0: right? Oh God, damn, that would have been good. Yeah, birthdays was the worst. Day. Shit, that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where oh, yeah, I brought, brought, brought Ellie back, right? Yes. The, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, the Christmas I was so excited. All my. My whole career, I've, I've wanted to do you know, a Christmas episode or a Christmas issue, right? But nothing that I've ever done has landed time-wise to make sense, right? Um, so I've just never hit it. Like, I've never hit the month where I had a book that was appropriate. Like, either my book was involved with something or it was in the middle of an arc or I just didn't have a book out. So it was like, I could never do like a dedicated one-off Christmas issue. And so right out of the gate, Uh, I had planned it, I mean, from the pitch stage, I was like at the Marvel retreat, like, I don't care what y'all say, I'm straight up doing a Christmas issue. So (laughs) I'm, I'm cutting any arc short that makes me not be able to do a Christmas issue. So, um, uh, yeah, I was excited to finally do just a straight up Santa Claus, uh, episode of Deadpool. That was fun. It
1: would have
0: fun Nick killed it, right? Oh man.
1: Well that was yeah, one of the things I was going to lead with. Like how how did you ever find Hepburn and Klein to get uh, I mean to get him on this book together? They're they're a powerhouse duo.
0: Yeah, they're great. I've known both of them for a really long time. I've known Nick Um I've known Nick for about God almost ten years now. Nick, here here's funny, you know, um earlier Jason mentioned uh when me and Casey had a podcast Um, and that actually is connected to Nick because I knew who Nick was because I bought this old, like, it was called like imagine FX. It was kind of like a, like a digital, uh, digital art magazine. Yep. And, uh, so back in about 2006 or seven or eight, they did a, they did a feature on Nick. Um, And, and he was teaching how to digital paint because his digital painting, you'd be hard pressed not to know it's not oil paint. Like he, he's one of the ones that blurs the line. So fine. You don't know which is which. Um, and I just remember that. And then Casey and I were doing our podcast back in the day, uh, like right writer, you know, 2008, 2009 and Nick wrote into the podcast. Like he listened to it and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I recognize this name, uh, it's like yeah, and sure enough, like at that time he was doing those Guardians of the Galaxy covers at Marvel. Oh and, yeah, for sure. You know they were just beautiful, and so mm-hmm. basically he wrote in the show, and then I reached back out. I was like, oh my god, man, I'm a big fan, and then we just became buddies. Like we were the same age, and uh, we're in the same. You know he's he's a big hip hop fan, and and we just kind of like we really clicked really really quickly, and um, and then. I went to Casey and I went over to Germany for a trip a couple of years later. Um, and that's where he's from. And and we got to hang out with him for a week while we're at a convention and and we just we've just been buddies ever since. So Nick, it was really just a matter of me uh hitting him up, asking him if he's got anything going on. He said no. I was like I I know that, you know, he's he's he always does indie books and he you know he's a got a very very uh you know he likes to do what he likes to do, but I was like, hey, do you think maybe you want to come launch this Deadpool book with me? And and uh I actually went to him before I was even asking Marvel. I just kind of was doing it on my own. And um at first I think at first he was like, I don't know, maybe like he was he was a little bit hesitant just because, you know, he, he really likes to do his cool indie books, but uh, you know, it was just a little bit of a talk and he was like, Yeah, cool and then Marvel was super down and um so he came on and then Scott was Scott was another one. He was already doing uh spider-man or dead spider-man deadpool right, right. yeah, and, and yeah. I, I just i was looking at it, i was like god he's killing this right it just looks amazing um and i know you know it's you know we we, we have to launch these books with multiple multiple artists now just to keep the schedules because everybody's so damn good they take a little longer but um yeah they both uh scott was really quick to want to jump on and i think at first they wanted him to stay on spider-man deadpool longer but you know when, when it's, when we're asking them to come over and do the main book, I think, you know, everybody shifted around and man, I can't, I can't, it's just amazing how lucky I am to to be working with these two guys. And I think that they both were very comfortable jumping over, um, on it with me just because they both know me for a long time and I'm an artist and they know I'm going to take care of them. Um, and I'm going to make sure that, you know, they're going to have, um, some great, uh, stuff to draw and they're going to have fun. So yeah, yeah it was, uh, I think it was kind of an it was an easy win for me. Well,
1: it's worth the price of admission when you can turn the page and you see a double-page spread that makes you think how long did this thing take to do? It's the I'm specifically I'm talking about the Daredevil spread when he's listening for uh Deadpool's absent heartbeat. Yep. Oh my god. How like, amazing is that? How it, amazing is that page? It's gorgeous and I love the fact that he worked your name and his into the 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 uh architecture on the side of the building there it's amazing
0: it's amazing right
1: but and you think valentine's all right this issue is going to be predominantly pinks and reds nope it's purple yep. and violet like yep. to- and it and it totally fits in light of the character he's paired with in this book mm-hmm. yeah such, exactly. y- he's, you're smart he's, yeah he well he's smart and <laughs> he's such a
0: brilliant guy and i know i know like you know I know that people have a lot, you know, anytime I think that a artist jumps over to the writer's side, there's a perception, right? Like, Oh, well he's a artist. So maybe, but the best move that I can make is just make sure that, uh, you know, I tell the best stories I can, but also just team up with g- geniuses. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, Nick Klein, I mean, yeah, that the, the noir issue is just bonkers. Like, I mean, I wrote, you know, I wrote double spread, top tier daredevil looking over a city. He can see, uh, you know, we see all the heartbeats, you know, as many heartbeats as you could draw. That's it. Like that's what I wrote. <laughs> like that I don't know how he's gonna do it. Uh and then he sent me back that page and I almost lost it. Like I was mm-hmm. like, This is one of the dopest de- like depictions of Daredevil's powers that I've ever seen. Yep. <laughs> it was so awesome.
1: I gotta agree. Well, yeah.
2: Well, guess what, y'all? You can own that page tomorrow. <laughs> Is there, oh yeah,
1: is there a price at associated? At twelve
2: noon Eastern, if you're listening to this and it's Friday, I'm talking about today. But on Friday at twelve noon Eastern, the uh, the art from Deadpool number nine drops on Felix Comic Art, oh. so you can have that page. <laughs> Word, I'm already got to be to it, but you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: oh man, yeah, dude,
2: dude, I got to say, so you know, Nick is great. I agree, and I have to like the that that 789 the last three issues is a testimony to his diversity right right because he got you got the christmas issue which is is the style i think people are most familiar with from the run so far um then you get the the amusement park issue where he's drawing you know characters that are essentially uh classic cartoon looney tunes right. characters and right. uh and there's like a gloss to them there they they and then and then you get this noir issue it's uh it's 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 always stunning to see
0: uh someone with a range like that so yeah it's funny with it's funny with this noir issue too because um it, it, this is how hard this is how hard of a worker nick is i i intentionally because i had done the, you know the three issue arc with giant things and puke monsters and all this kind of stuff and you know he's drawn the avengers and Then, you know, I've got these other, these other two issues and, and, you know, Nick's doing the covers. And, and so I wanted to do an issue that like, let gave him like a little time off. Right. Like, so I was like, cool, let's do a noir issue. Let's do like a Sin City, you know, and my, I, you know, and, and, and we, when we had talked, we both kind of were on the same page of like, this is going to be black and white. And in my head, I was like, literal black and white, like we were going to we were really going to do a riff on sin city where it was going to be black and white and then we'd show things that were red you know or a couple colors um and nick could not help himself like i was i intended to give him uh i totally intended to give him a break for the month and not only did he not go black and white he did Something that he hadn't done the whole issue, which is he completely washed the physical ink washes <laughs> the whole thing, um, to do that black and white noir feel, <clears throat> which is which is bonkers. I thought he was really going to go in and just do straight black and white, you know, like black and white comics. Uh, and, and you know, I'm not complaining at all because what we well, I think what we all got was a feast for the eyes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was amazing. For but sure. that's and just. Not, and- that's just him, you know, he just is that kind of a worker. Mhm.
1: Yeah. And I mean Klein's great. I, I love him, but we shouldn't short you just Hepburn put the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Because yeah. oh god, no. No, issue amazing. 4, what Scott Hepburn did in issue 4 was like impeccable. I oh. my favorite single issue of last year
0: was that the Weird World one.
1: Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. That it was won't.
0: one of my I, I have to say I I haven't been as proud like when I when I hit the last period on page 20 of a script i'm usually like okay or i'm like i don't know if i got this one (laughs) right uh and then i'm then the art comes back and i'm was like oh man what a cool issue but 20 or uh, issue four was the one where i when i hit it i was like wow i was like i just made an a crazy incredible comic or an absolute batshit crazy bad one (laughs) because (laughs) because like when you're writing it and i'm trying to keep all this straight into my head because it was like, you know, time's jumping and he's talking on the phone and he's sending videos and I'm fucking around with time in and out of the weird world. And I was so half confused. And and the whole thing came from, I even called Scott that night. Casey was out of town and I was watching, (laughs) I was watching naked and afraid marathon. oh Uh, (laughs) And so I was like, I called Scott. I was like, Hey, do you want to do like a naked and afraid episode? (laughs) He was like, "What?" I was like, "Maybe." And at first, we thought we'd do the Savage Land, right? Because that's a jungle. And I thought that, but then I was like, "God, I feel like every time they do a jungle, we do the Savage Lands at Marvel." Um, and I loved Jason and and Mike's Weird World stuff so much. Yep. Um, so I was like, "Oh no, we'll do a Naked and Afraid episode in uh in in Weird World." And God damn it, that was just a blast! Like it was it was so fun. And 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 you're right, Scott absolutely crushed it. And my favorite thing about working with these two guys is how they actually pushed me to write different style of comic books for each of them. Right. Uh, like Scott to me is like such a classic energetic comic book storyteller, right? Like it's, you know, everybody's, it's very kinetic and there's a lot of speed and, and the fights are, you know, there's so much there, um, and he really gets into the, the design of the the monsters and the creatures or whatever. There's, he, he really nails that. And then you've got Nick who's like, he just can, like, you just, you just, you dive into his environments. And, uh, one thing that I don't know that people knew about Nick is how great of an actor he is. Like when you have some of those Deadpool moments where Deadpool looks at the camera and he's like talking, like. He's, he just makes a move. You feel like he's moving. So I love these two guys. I think Scott Scott it, it, that the the weird word one, and then um, the zombie one. The you know the my 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 tip of the hat to walk. It, I got to do a you know a Halloween episode. I got to do all the the, the holidays. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like doing the zombie episode in the mall, which is obviously a, a tip of the hat to to Dawn of the Dead. Um, love you. Yeah. You know. I, <laughs> I, I was so wanted to call Dawn of the Deadpool, but I did a quick Google search and nobody had done it officially. But a few fans had done something, so I was like, I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't do that. But, um, uh, you know, he sold that so well, man. Those, like the the uh, the, oh God, what was the bad guy's name now? I, I'm Black Talon. Um, Black Talon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he drew him so awesome, uh, and I don't, just everything. Oh, that was and that was the issue with the drink, right, David? Uh, yeah. Which now that we're talking about it, we'll we'll I'll tell that story. So David said, you know, he's drinking a uh, disappearing father, um, which back in Peoria, our favorite cocktail bar, uh, the 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 bartender's name, our mixologist's name was uh, Costas, and um With was a s? Yeah, apparently yeah. not. <laughs> well, I'm probably saying it wrong, right? That's why I had to have that conversation because I'm always going <laughs> to pronounce the s. Um uh and he was so great. He made the best drinks. We loved him to death and we were getting ready to move and I was like, "Man, you're you're fantastic. I'm I'm going to work you into an issue of Deadpool." And he's like, "Oh, that's cool." And so when I was writing that issue, I texted him and I was like, "Hey, I need a drink." I need a drink. That's crazy. It's got a crazy amount of ingredients, but it's good or whatever. And you know, whatever. And, and then he wrote me back the recipe, uh, the one that I put in the book and the name of it. And he would always make, he always made these really dark, dry jokes about, you know, how bad his father was
3: <laughs> like, oh, okay.
0: His, you know, how his father abandoned him and we could never tell if he was really being honest. Cause he's, you know, he's just a really dry bartender. Um, but yeah, that so that that actually came from a, a real dude that's made me a lot of cocktails, and uh, and so I threw him in a issue of Deadpool and had him eaten by zombies. So it's yes an sir. it's an
1: actual drink.
0: Uh, he, according to him, he could have just he could have just thrown out every. It sounds like it's every liquor at the bar. It's Seriously, much it. yeah. <laughs> it sounds disgusting.
1: And Daddy's absent because he's dead after drinking all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Oh, then By the Scott way. Revealed, and then and then, and then Scott destroyed on the next is, the issue where we like the sad issue, right? Where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to write an issue of Deadpool. That's not funny. Um, <laughs> or where Deadpool's not being funny because I can't tell you how unfunny I felt <laughs> that couple of weeks. Like I just came down to write and I was like, I do not have that. I do not have it. Like it is not in me. I don't have any jokes. I don't have any, I'm just not feeling funny. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm going to write an issue where Deadpool does not feel funny and uh, and then make up the most ridiculous, dumb-ass name character ever. Who uh, looks Kill really Puddle. cool, though. <laughs> Killpuddle. Yeah, but that's Scott. Like, <laughs> that's, that's Scott. Yeah, like, Scott Hepburn is so cool. It's like I just said, like, let's make a, like a Deadpool-like character, but he has kind of clown, like a clown mask, and his name's Killpuddle. And then he designs it. I'm like, oh, and I even said, I was like, Listen, if we play our cards right, there's going to be like the most cosplay character next year. <laughs> there you go, right? Um, but yeah, so Scott is uh, Scott is just a badass all around. Yeah. He is, That's
1: and true. you're a pretty crafty critter because I see what you're doing. You're leaving these stories with a little bit of a dangling plot line at the end of a bunch of them right the the weird world the, one it, the the, the, the valentine no, i mean she
3: vowed that jennifer vowed right. that at the end of it, right
1: so i mean you can always return and i wish you would return to weird world pretty soon but i mean if not i'm just loving the series the way it is but i like the fact that you're leaving little nuggets should you decide to go back to them later
0: yeah you need to do it you know it's like that's the kind of the weird challenge and beauty of writing monthly comics is you just you know you don't put periods you put three you put three dots right it's always mm-hmm. uh it's always like a i don't know maybe i'd say that even if you
3: don't go back to it during your run that's someone right. reading this who now writes for marvel 15 years from now picks right.
0: up on that thread and that yeah that's um, the beautiful thing about it that's really is the beautiful thing about this weird business in in and art form that we that we work in is you know somebody's going to be here after me like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be here forever and the person after me won't be here forever just like the person before me wasn't there forever so you know the best thing that you could do is like let me tell a quick little story and if i feel like i've told told enough of a story i don't need to end anything i can leave leave it open enough to either me go play with it or you know down the down the line when somebody rereads these and it's their book they can be like oh snap you know i can bring this back that's fun you know
1: yep
3: now how uh, now uh, it, it's deadpool and these are all cameos and it's not like there's it's it's not earth shattering i mean and and you're friends with with jason anyway but right. any the you when, when you write Deadpool and, and there's the Avengers or there's Doctor Strange fighting a tentacled creature in Central Park. Like, does anybody do you have to go through any sort of hoops because you're having one of someone else's character show up in your story?
0: No, not for things like that. I, I mean, don't think so. Okay. You know, for little moments like that, uh, you know, if we're just using these characters as you know, um, strings to get from A to B or whatever. And you're not really changing them and you're not really throwing off, you know, the, the conceit is, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of hours in the day and there's a lot of days in the week and there's a lot of weeks in the month. Right. So you just kind of, the conceit is these characters are all over the map. And, um, you know, unless we're really doing, you know, there's been a few times I think where somebody was like, Hey, uh, I think Kelly, Kelly Thompson actually emailed, was like, "Ah, You know, I'm going to have Deadpool's going to be in space. He's going to be doing this. And I know that you're having a space thing. So maybe the time was like, Well, my space thing won't be revealed by the time he's in space, but who cares? I was just like, I don't care. Like, Mm it doesn't matter. Like, they're reading your book. They're reading my book. I don't know that. I don't know how many people are getting like the, you know, the um, seven, you know, bulletin board with the strings and the yellow (laughs) post-its. We're not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, it's especially Deadpool. Deadpool is one of the great characters to be able to you know you get a lot of leeway like a lot a lot of leeway as far as that stuff goes and the continuity stuff you know you can you can bridge in you can use other people you could use deadpool in other places and so anybody who's who's asked like hey can i do this or can i do that i'm like yeah of course you're not messing anything of mine up and the nature you know the kind of the nature of these one shots or one-offs or kind of shorter arcs that i've been doing allows for it even more because we can really play fast and loose and when these things happen
2: yeah. yeah, I mean, like the uh, like in the Christmas episode. I it, mean, it, obviously, you didn't need to have the scent, you didn't need to have the uh, celestial and, and the Avengers in it, right? But right. so I would think people must. I mean, that but that's that's super dope for people that are reading lots of Marvel because it shows that like you are, you know, it just it's like a little subtle reminder that
0: it is all part of the same world. Yeah, um, and that's that's a thing that we've talked about. You know, at the retreats lately, you know, this last couple of retreats, we've been really we've been really trying to do a lot more of that with each other. You know, like. Um, and you know, it helps that we're all buddies, you know I mean? Jason's mm-hmm. one of my closest friends and he lives two minutes from me. And so I saw those designs for the new, you know, the Avengers, you know, the big sent, you know, the big, uh, celestial. uh, celestial that they, that the, the, the hollowed out celestial that they have the Avengers headquarters. And now, like I saw that the day Ed sent it to him. So I was like, Oh, that's really cool. We should get to, well, I'm going to throw that in there, you know, because, you know, when he said it was in the North Pole, I was like, "Well, I'm writing a North Pole issue. I'm gonna have totally throw the thing in there," um, and that, like you said, I think that's that is the cool stuff that says, "Hey, let's remind everybody that while these, you know, every one of these stories ties to each other, they do coexist in our world together." Uh, that's fun. It's it's mm-hmm. like you know, we're all nerds. We love that shit.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the foundations on which the Marvel Universe was built. Yeah. Sure. When, back sure. in back in the day, the Avengers would in a panel you'd see spider-man swinging off in the distance and that's it mm-hmm. you yep. know so it's the way it should right. be yeah.
0: and that was my kill puddle that kill puddle issue was exactly my nod to that which was like i'm gonna have an issue where deadpool says almost no words and i'm gonna throw in the fantastic four now that they're back i'm gonna throw in spider-man i'm gonna throw in did i throw in spider-man no oh no that got edited out i did have spider-man oh <laughs> funny <Sweet>. okay <laughs> <laughs> um Danny um, Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't because of anything bad. It was just more of a story <laughs> note, and it was like because Spider-Man, I had Spider-Man doing something a little mean to Deadpool, and they were like, well he," it uh, made Spider-Man look like more of an asshole than I think that than I should have, which was uh-huh. a, it was a good note. It was definitely a good note. Um, but you know, I threw Doctor Strange in there, and, yeah. and what I've realized writing Deadpool is it's 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 way more of a cameo book than I anticipated. Like. Yeah, because of the nature of Deadpool, like for me, at least the at least my interpretation of him is because of the nature of him, you really need to pepper this book with other players, you know? Right? Um,
1: yeah, Deadpool's so the he's straight man. You need, he's you the need Luke him. Costello. Yeah, you, he needs yeah, the I he mean, needs the Abbott.
2: Yeah, I've, right. I've said that many times on the show because people know I'm a I'm a Deadpool guy, and I always say you know the thing about me being known as a Deadpool fan is I've disliked as many Deadpool comics as I've liked.
0: Right. I was because. nervous. I was really, I was, I'm going to tell you as you know, us being close buddies, I was actually nervous. I was waiting for a, I was waiting for a while of couple like good, you know, some like light, light, good jobs from you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, dude, I think it's been great. But again, the reason I think it's been great is because, um, I just think, right. Well, you know this better than us. Cause a lot of what you've done so far in your career has been humor. Um, I think writing humor is way harder than anything else because so I think hard. humor is way more subjective. You know, like, 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 like drama or horror or pulling at the heartstrings or something that, that evokes, uh, you know, empathy. Those are more generally understood emotional states. Uh, I think in humor, what Vince may find hilarious versus what David versus what I, versus what you find. We could all just find something completely not funny and then something else just thinks. uh, So I think it's tough, man. I I, like, I don't envy you guys that write humor. And uh, I think with Deadpool, the, I think the failings, or at least what I've viewed as failed runs. – I'm Not going to put anybody on blast, but but I think where they where the runs I think haven't hit home is it's been just just nonstop funny, just just, just nonstop funny, where oh, every every panel is supposed to be a joke, uh, and he seems like he's right. like you know clinically in, insane and 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 has no there's no plot narrative and uh, right. you know but but then again as I say that there's probably people listening to this that prefer that version of Deadpool and think.
0: Uh, oh well, for sure, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, no, sure. no, yeah, I've got the, I've got the gamut, and, and, and for anybody who's read, I think it was, um, I, think, oh, I can't remember what issue it was. Was it the, it was the last, the, the amusement park issue, where I had Deadpool <laughs> look at the camera and say, "Go ahead and say it. You like Dugan's run better than mine."
2: Yeah, <laughs> you <I> know. To, <laughs> you know no, like, you did, know, because did Dugan, like, Dugan see that? Did he hit you up after that?
0: Oh, he said he liked the episode because that's uh, or that issue. I keep calling them episodes because that's the way I think of them. But um, he said he liked it because I had I had said, "Hey, I'm bringing Ellie back." He always knew that I was, and I had pitched that before even we started. So I, I knew I was just biding my time until I did an Ellie I- issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that was a, that was a big. I think that was one of the best things that Jerry had added to the whole Deadpool mythos for me. Um, so I really wanted to pay some respects to that. Um and, and yeah he just wrote his he, Jerry's been really really complimentary and, and loving and you know Jerry and I are close too so he could be full of shit and lying to me but yeah. <laughs> um, uh he's he's really liked what we're doing and, and you know I think anybody uh, you know anybody who's been on a book for a while and then sees somebody come on and fresh face fresh, face fresh, fresh, Jerry has the best attitude about it because he's like oh man this is exactly what everybody, everybody needs with this right now so he's been really great but you know I've gotten the gamut, right, where people are just like, holy shit, this is the best, or oh my god, you're the worst, Marvel needs to fire you, you're ruining <laughs> my book.
2: <laughs> um, and you just slough that off, like, does it not bother you?
0: No, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, you know, it did, I mean, this is, you know, I'm getting, I'm close to 20 years doing this, right? Like, 2001 was my, was, well, you know, 2000, yeah, 2001 was my, when I started drawing comic books at, at Marvel, so, um, you know, I'm pushing I'm pushing close to to the 20 year mark now in um, at the beginning, it just wrecked me and devastated me but now I mean in some ways social media has helped. I know that sounds weird because it steals you. It's just so much. Yeah. And there's just so much of everything. And yeah. and when when you and not just in comics, like when you just look at social media and everybody hates everything, right? Like people that I agree with hate the politicians that I also hate, but they talk about it. So you just see hate and hate and mad and anger. Guilty. And at some point you just <laughs> you know at some point you just go, All right, well everybody's just mad, so nobody's mad, right? <laughs> it's all just it's just like it's like it all oh, cancels boy. each other. Yeah, it just, yeah, just cancels that. out. So uh, I've honestly gotten some weird superpower where I'm able to just completely ignore negative stuff and believe every single positive thing i ever said.
1: <laughs> well, you've been enduring the kind of commentary since uh, New Warriors. Remember back in the day? the oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The, the shitstorm. And I thought it was great, but there was fans of the previous incarnation of the New Warriors that weren't too happy. I think right. you did the title a favor. But I wasn't, you know, beholden to the book. Yeah.
0: See, by the time that rolled around, I had already, I had, I had already got pretty steel there. Like I was already pretty solid on not caring. Yeah. Um. You know, because right out of the gate, uh, Human Torch was the, you know, Human Torch was hard uh, <laughs> because you know it's Fantastic Four, and I really wasn't that good yet. Um. And I knew that, and but I knew that I still was having fun, and I was trying things, and and whatever. I mean, and I had, like, I just didn't have, you know, like message toward people not liking it. Like I had, I'm not going to put this person on blast, but uh, other name, because, because we are actually friends now. And, and this person has, uh, is uh, for years after we were fine with it, has, would still apologize. And I'd be like, dude, you just got to let it go. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to put him on blast though, but. Uh, there was one time where we were a, a big group of us were at a, you know, a, a, in a hotel room at a convention, you know, suite. And there was a bunch of people there and having drinks and, um, somebody, somebody was busting my balls. So they, 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 they used my full name talking to me, but whoever else was in the room didn't know that they had been, they were actually talking to me. They just heard my name. And that person was like, Oh, is that, you know, they, they proceeded to talk shit about, um, a little bit of shit about my art and my human on um, the human torch <laughs> and Ooh. took it up pretty good and i was like oh that's it's pretty sweet like so i just called him out <laughs> like, yeah you know and whatever we you know, we had a little funny i mean it was instant you should like, just turned around and shook his hand and be like oh scotty yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's kind of what happened I mean, it was basically like i kind of i was kind of playing along with him for a minute like yeah i mean that's crazy like Man, yeah. How dare that guy like try to do something new with stuff, right? I mean, that's <laughs> gross, you know, whatever. And then somebody else is like, "Oh, that's this is Scotty or whatever." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I mean, instantly it was like, "Oh shit," you know. And and uh, and and since then we've become buddies and and become really, really, really good friends over the years. So, but like like I said, it was when that kind of stuff was happening early because I did. I was not like a guy who I didn't grow up reading uh John Byrne comics and all the stuff. So I oh, did I know. You like, remember
2: we had you on one episode a while back where we were just throwing stuff out and you were like yeah. leave me every, every to, five minutes to you to were like, I didn't read that.
0: Never read <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. No,
3: yeah. <laughs> what the hell's a dark Knight? Yeah.
0: yeah, what um, what's a what's up? Like, watch, like, watch who? Watch uh, guys? Yeah.
3: So which which was going to be one of my questions, especially with the weird world stuff, was okay. how much and, and yeah I know you could just go down the street and read Jason's copies, but mm-hmm. how much research did And it's all Deadpool so you can kind of just, you know Right. shrug it off and, and and you don't need to really know a lot about it because if he doesn't know you can play it off that way but how much research did you do for, for an issue like we did the, the issue for
0: uh weird world was well i read through um i read through jason and mike's weird world issues which i already did but i reread them um and then i went back on the marvel app and i read um those early uh what were they they were in something, Vince, Vince you might know, right? Yeah, they like,
1: were Marvel specials, the three yes, Weird World they were, yeah, they were
0: Yeah, I written read, read those. And, and, <sighs> and if if anybody's read those, I and I I use that wizard character yes. in, in there. <laughs> in in his and his wax candle guys or whatever. <laughs> um But as far as that, that's it, because the I think the beautiful thing about Weird World is there is no there are no rules. Like even right. Jason you know, Jason used some stuff but then mis made things up. And that was kind of the beautiful thing, was I'd I'd take some stuff from Jason, I'd take some stuff from stuff the old stuff, and then I just made stuff up, right? Like the time storm was something completely made up. Um, you know, I just started making things up, uh just to have some fun. So um that's you know, that's any time that I can find a way just to make stuff up, but it seems like I'm weaving in like fabric of stuff, it's it's I'm 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 living my best life at that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's and and it's
3: for a book like Deadpool, it's it's pretty much tailor made for that because you can. – I mean, aside from him talking to the reader, the whole fourth wall thing, it's 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 perfect to you can. Right. It's and as long as you're good at. I mean, if if someone tried to play their way through it, you know, it might be able to. You might be able to spot it, but um, right. in in the hands of someone capable like you, it, it's just <laughs> you're able to. Um, Fool around with it, and 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 and. I, do you obviously you've been reading Deadpool for a while now? You've been writing him for a while, but do you have a? Is there a specific? Like, do you hear the? Do you hear Ryan Reynolds when you write the character? Do you just play off of what yeah. everybody else has done beforehand? Is there? What's the? You're not trying to. I, you take what other writers have done and, right. and like, like, like with Duggan, but it, uh, you're, and you're making your own Mark obviously, but are, are you, is
0: there any strings guiding you with, with, with the character? Um, listen, I'm going to be super honest and this is probably not a sexy answer, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've been writing Deadpool for about five years. Right. Because like, uh, when I started writing rocket, you know, I okay. wanted, I kind of wanted to write Deadpool, but Dan, you know, Dan was still on it. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll do rocket raccoon and Groot. And so that's kind of that on voice, Right. Um, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, you know, Deadpool's sales pitch was, I'm going to take Deadpool and smash it into Alice in Wonderland. And that's, I hate fairyland. Kurt, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then the next book is actual Deadpool. So it was, you know, my first interview up at Marvel was like, you know. What made you, uh, you know, ask something about, you know, why am I a good fit for writing Deadpool? And I was like, well, I because I've been writing him for years. I just keep changing his outfit. <laughs> that, that, that um, nice. Um, and honestly, that's just you know, I come from I come from Mad Magazine, right? I come mm-hmm. from you know, I come from the early you know, I grew up watching the National Lampoon movies, like where in 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 the 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 airplane spoof movies and things like this. These are like satirical kind of, uh, biting sarcastic, uh, forms of humor that I grew up with. Right. Uh, Beetlejuice, you know, even like, even, even go back to a younger age, even like Peewee, Peewee's Playhouse, right? Like we're still talking about like some weird, you know, subversive, you know, ornery, sarcastic biting stuff. and um, and that's just always who I've been. So in a lot of ways it's, you know, when I'm running Deadpool, I'm just having, Conversations from one of the darker sides of myself, you know, and not and not saying I believe these things, but in the way that I might speak or the way that if we're sitting around having, you guys have known me long enough. Like if we're sitting around having drinks, this is you know I'm probably going to bust someone's balls in the same way, you know.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that that's the thing. I I I I think when I read your stuff that's got a comedy bent, I just I just because we know you, I just I just hear you.
0: Like yeah I and just, it's I mean you know. if if there's anything if there's if there's anything and I I, I, I mean I've written so many humor uh, books now that at some point I am sure I am sure that I have actually called it out on the page because if if there's anything that I do and anything that I've learned from uh you know growing up reading Mad magazine it's just like go ahead and point out that I'm just as I'm just as guilty of of all the things as anything that I might poke fun at um and 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 that is definitely one of my, you know, I'd probably consider it a flaw to some degree. I mean, hopefully people think I'm funny. So if it works when I'm writing funny books, then awesome. But it, uh, yeah, I would probably consider it one of my writing flaws is that um, sometimes maybe it's too much my voice all the time. Um, and, you know, if you know me, then it's probably like, oh, I'm not really reading a book anything fiction. I'm just hearing him chat. <laughs>
1: you know? Right. I don't well, think there's a humor outlet anywhere that exists That doesn't owe a colossal debt of of gratitude to Bill Gaines and Harvey Kurtzman.
0: Damn straight. 100%. 100%. They they taught me what humor was for
1: sure. Yeah, you hear about these guys coming up now that are writing, you know, even the dudes that do SpongeBob and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, we loved Mad Magazine back in the day. I I don't think it it, it would be an impossible task to actually pinpoint everybody that has been affected by Mad Magazine.
0: Right, it, it, the yeah, numbers right. would
1: be staggering, and uh, I think we kind of forget about that—just how important Gaines and Kurtzman are to this silly little art form we love so much.
0: Oh, it's the most important. It was the most important thing in my life. I mean, to this day, I will. I mean, I have an Alfred e. Newman tattoo on my arm as big as the sun, and it's—it mm-hmm. it was the most important thing to my life. I don't think that had I not discovered that at the little small grocery store in my little tiny town. I, I honestly don't think I'd be here. Like I don't, sure. would not be doing this. Truth, you know, truth. See, seeing the art in those magazines every month and reading these weird send-ups of the movies that I loved and these weird observations of things that I didn't quite understand at the age that I was reading them, just like it elevated, it, it matured me faster. Uh, it, it just got me to where I wanted to be. Quicker and and yeah, I will I will will never not love um, and always. I mean, there's probably not an interview for the last well ever that I've not
1: mentioned Mad Magazine. People are probably like, yeah, yeah, okay, you fucking
0: read Mad Magazine. Yeah, we get <laughs> it. But
1: even as a kid, and we're talking first season of Saturday Night Live, I I was watching that stuff way past my bedtime, and I'm thinking, this is Mad Magazine. Yeah, it's straight. It's almost wrote Mad Magazine. You know, right. like See, by I, the numbers. I
0: was right. And I was being just a little younger, like I I when I was really young, I caught weirdly enough, I caught in Living Color mm-hmm. before I knew what before I knew what Saturday Night Live was. Because just because it was on earlier, um, you know, it was on at it was on in the eight, nine o'clock zone versus yep. Saturday Night Live, which was up it was on too late for me to be able to watch it. Um and and that was the same thing. I like I read Mad Magazine, and then Living Color came on. I was like, "Holy shit! This is like a hip hop version of Mad Magazine for me." Right? Yep, like... That's
2: why you have the Wayans Brothers on on your big back
0: tap. <laughs> yeah. with the white girls. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get you suck. I've got the fish. Uh, the fish uh, platforms. That's right.
2: Yeah. Uh, listen. So you know, you since you are a patron, you know what's up with the Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, we we let our patrons ask you questions this week. Word. So uh, so I'm going to throw one at you. It's from Mike Del Vecchio. He wants to know that uh, what your transition's been like from being, quote-unquote, just an artist to now artist-writer. And uh, back in the day when you were first w- drawing stuff at Marvel, did you ever envision that you'd be uh, writing as much as you do now?
0: Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if – well, I'll answer that last question first. I always thought that I would write and draw – that's what I thought that I'd do. And then I then it seemed like, Whoa, I don't, you know, and then I got the job drawing ice fan and then it was just like, you just, I just started going. And then I realized, Oh, it seems like you have to do one or the other. And, and, and then clearly I realized I haven't really written anything. I was so young and I really didn't understand any of that. Right. So, um, uh, I, I, wanted to do whole comics and right away I started thinking of ideas and, and, and things like that. But um, no, I definitely don't think that I would have seen the, this version of it. Um, and by this version of it, I mean, you know, where I'm able to, um, you know, write and draw a comic. If I want, I'm able to write a comic. If I want, I'm able to draw it. If I want. Um, and not just that, I never I don't think even, even when I first got my first couple writing jobs where i was writing a couple short stories for the x-men kind of anthologies or you know frankenstein mini or even that even even when i wrote the the magnino series with clay man on art i don't think that even then i would have predicted w- that i'd be able to or that i'd be writing today with the confidence and and the and the joy that i am now because back then when i was writing it was still completely f- filled with fear <laughs> like it'd be like oh my god is this good you know like uh, this is a whole you know people are gonna scrutinize this on a whole different level I mean you know once you learn how to draw a face, you know how to draw a face right and you could just keep drawing the face um but you know every story idea has to be another good idea you know <laughs> and it's um that's a that's a weird challenge so no i didn't i didn't know that the transition though um the transition has been really great um because I'm just drawing what I like if I'm writing and drawing the transition is amazing because now I just write what I want to draw, you know, Um, I don't, I don't write what I don't want to draw and that's amazing. Um, especially when on the creator own side, I mean, in the creator own side, it's, it's about as close to being a kid making stuff up as it can be when you're, when you, when you have your books published an image, um, because there really is no oversight, editorial oversight, whatever I want to publish, I I can publish, you know, right, right. Um, so that's been amazing. The transition from artist side to, to the only the writer side to me has been even, even better than I could have imagined because, um, luckily, I'm in a place in the in the I'm, I'm in a place in my career where if I you know when I reach out to some of these really really crazy talented artists, they do want to work with me. Which, you know, the Aaron Conleys and and Jorge's and I mean I've worked with Dan Panosian and Ma Foods drawn books with me and like you know there's like I feel so spoiled in <laughs> Nick and Scott like I feel so spoiled. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, I'm going to tell you guys off, Mike, who's going to be drawing another book of mine coming up uh, that I can't say yet. And when you hear this, you're going to flip out. Um, but I, you know that part of it's so amazing because I make stuff up on paper and then I hand it off, and these guys uh, and, and they bring it back, and I can't believe what I'm seeing. Right? It almost makes me, you know, I remember. a f- Felipe Andrade or Andrade. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, Yeah. Andrade. Yeah. Andrade. Uh, When I, when he started turning in his pages for the rocket and Groot issues that we did together, I couldn't believe that I made this stuff up. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Like I made a dope sci-fi movie here. Like, because he was so good. Like he, he took us so far beyond what I saw in my head. Uh, and I was like, "Oh my god, the, this the is the tatted good. up
2: the tatted up Groot is." I own the splash page of that because I I, oh. I I love that. I mean, the, the like Groot with with prison tats. It's phenomenal.
0: That's so awesome. Like that that stuff for me is. I don't think, and again, I you know, I don't want I don't want this to sound mean to to any of the writers I've worked with. Um, but when you're the last for me. Being the last kind of person, you know, being the artist at the end, at the end of the collaboration, it it was always a tough thing because I I was always wanting to tell stories and I'd get the script and and you know you, you kind of do with it what you want, but there was always that little thing and you goes like I don't know if they're going to like this and you feel like you're I always felt like am I going to please this person I'm working with and I had never done creator own comics either, so it was always you know especially in the in the front half of my career it wasn't even people that you know until Zeb. Until Zeb, I hadn't really chosen to work with anybody. It was always just I, I got a job, um, you know. And then Zeb, Zeb and I pitched New Warriors together, so that was the first time me and a buddy worked together, and that was amazing. Um, but now on this side of the collaboration line, I fucking love collaborating <laughs> because, you know, like I said, I could come up with these ideas that are outside of the kind of art that I would make, like. I'm going to make a certain kind of story with the kind of art that I like to draw, you know, the kind of stuff that I like to make. But, you know, middle West is a really good example of like, this is a story that I want to tell that probably wouldn't feel the same if I were drawing it, even though it's my personal story and it's the most personal story I've ever told. And weirdly enough, I think that it's better because it's because Jorge is interpreting it um, rather than me. It's, it's, I think it's going to make everybody feel the way that I want them to feel if he's interpreting it rather than me. Um, So that part of the the transition from writer artist to writer has been amazing for me because I'm re I'm falling back in love with the art of collaboration.
1: That's great. I think you're on the money about middle West. I think if you drew the book, it would have been, a more pure product in that you're, you're, you're doing both the narrative and the visuals. But I right. think with Jorge on it, as you said, interpreting your, your direction, I, I think it lends, how do I put this in words? It it just feels more like he's, and, and he is, he's telling the story through you, but if you did both, I think it. I don't think it would have the. And this may sound stupid, but I, I don't think it would have the honesty that is on the page when Jorge does it.
0: No, no, it wouldn't, because I, I would. There'd be things where I'd probably hold back or change. Right, because because I wouldn't. You know, I'm not going to draw that, or I I don't know how to draw that, or you know, the world building stuff in particular. You know, there's a weight. There's a weight that he's bringing. Um, there's a weight that Jorge brings that I probably wouldn't be bringing in the same way. I'd bring a different weight, but I think my weight would end up feeling a bit more. It'd probably lean more towards the is this a fairy tale thing than I would want it to be. Right. And, and I, that's and, what I was
1: gonna. I think it would be skewed from the get go because everyone right. has preconceived notions of who Scotty Young is. So right, it's,
0: which is funny because a lot of people, a lot of interviews, especially, will they bring up the Wizard of Oz a lot. For this, which is funny because I feel like they're, I feel like they're only, they say it because there's a tornado in it. And I also drew the wizard of Oz, but other than that, I don't really, I don't see a connection. I know that there wasn't any direct influence there as Mm -hmm. far as narrative or storytelling. Um, But I can only, I, I have to imagine it's because, oh, well, you know, for six years I was attached to the wizard of Oz. Um, and then of course, you know, Midwest and tornadoes and, you know, right. like,
1: but I think in middle West, while it's also literal, I think the tornado and the storm, it's more symbolic and, and there's more metaphor going on than there is this giant tornado creature. Yes, that's what he is. But I think there's, there's more layers to this. Oh book yeah. I mean, than- yeah. The tornado monster is just,
0: yeah, it's just the, it's the, it's the living walking symbol of anger, right? Yeah and, yeah. and pain and fear and, and, uh, torment that, that we all, you know, or that we, that, that I feel like a, a certain, um, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm, I'm painting things with a wide brushstroke and I don't want to, I don't want to project my experiences onto everybody of a whole generation or of an era, but you know, it seems to me like there was a, a certain kind of parent during, you know, there's always a certain kind of parenting going on during certain kinds of generate, you know, during certain yeah. eras or generations. And this was just the kind of one that I feel uh, that I saw, which is, you know, um, you know, my, my age of parent dad would, you know, grew up with, with, you know, dads who fought in some pretty nasty wars and came home pretty fucked up by some things. And, Held some things in and didn't didn't hold other things in and got a little physical and then you know my dad is a was you know my dad's generation I think was a product of that and also sent off to some pretty nasty you know maybe the one of the nastiest wars that you know I guess you know I guess that's arguable too <laughs> I mean no no wars worse or better than the other one I guess that's a st- stupid fucking thing to say but you know just a lot of weird emotions kind of implanted on these different. You know, I'm going to say men because, you know, that's just the lens at which I'm telling this story. But, um, and in a generation of, of men who probably aren't supposed to share how they feel, um, who aren't supposed to be anything less than a really strong man, and, but they feel maybe weakened by the, their parents or their father or whatever. Um, so, you know, there's a, just a lot of a weird cycle of, uh, abuses that go on, I think. And, and, you know, me being from the Midwest, um, and, and watching, how easily uh, tornadoes um, show up and leave. I found it to be, um, well, here's it. I feel like uh, I watched a couple of years ago in Peoria. Um, I left for the studio. Casey was getting ready to leave town and it was bright and sunny. And Casey texted me a picture or a video where she moved her camera from left to right. And the left part of our neighborhood was bright and sunny. And the right part of our neighborhood looked like the apocalypse And, uh, then we looked and the siren started going off. So Casey and the kids are in the basement. I'm at my studio in the bathroom. Um, and within about an 18 minute time window, a tornado came through the outskirts of our town. It wiped out almost an entire little small town. Um, and then 18 minutes later it was sunny again. Um, which is like an insane amount of condensed rage. Um, that kind of releases itself on a on a very small area. Um, and then afterwards, it's like, everything's fine, right? Like, everything's good. Wow. Except there's like these splinters laying around, right? And this devastation. But the sun's out and the birds are chirping again, right? And I, I found a weird, I don't know why I connected those two, but I found that to be a weird um, mirrored image of what it's like to deal with anger um and in those moments where i mean i'm a parent right so i i'm i might be able to control the end part of it but there's i mean i'm not going to lie and say there's not moments where it's like the day's going fine and then within 3 seconds i feel like i could explode um and then maybe 5 minutes later i'm completely fine and going to make a joke but you know, it's like those that level of emotions, and how do you deal with them? And how do you, you know, how do you, do, you, do you hold them in? Do you talk to somebody? Do you talk to your kids? Do you talk to your wife? Whatever. Um, so that's when you know, when I was trying to figure out how to deal with that element of of anger and fear, I was like, just I, all the it just kind of occurred to me that those two things were very similar beasts. One was obviously more emotional, and then there's this other actual real thing that exists. And I just wanted to try to maybe like mirror those two into one
1: being. Right. And, yeah, you know, I, I, okay. Go ahead, Jason.
2: No, I was going to say, I, I, I told Scotty this all, all fair after we talked about the last issue on the show that, uh, you know, you got me right in the fields with this because, you know, you, 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 introduced the dad as this force of nature quite literally. And, um, I think it was easy to, to just jump into the classic comic book trope of, okay, so his yeah. dad's a big bad, you know? Um, right. but, but then when you, when you hit us with the last one where he's, you know, he's, he's back to normal and he's, he's regretful and he doesn't quite remember being in that form. And, and, and he's just wants to make sure his son's okay. And where is he? Uh, right. it, it just totally flipped the script about what this book's going to be. And I told you this off air, but like, and it, and, and you just hit on it, man. Like, like as the father of three sons, um, it, like I, it was, so, it was, it was, I mean, it just, it was such a raw emotional um issue because to your point I, I've had those moments I have had those moments where I'm very chill you guys all know me I'm a am very chill even keel person generally but as a parent there are those moments particularly with my my oldest my teenager where things can be perfect and then he could just go on tilt and then you know especially if he's like disrespectful to my wife I'll snap and like I'll just get super angry and right. then but to your point but then like 15 minutes later I can't even believe I reacted you know, I right. yelled like that, and I'm thinking well, I that know. was, I was an overreaction, and and then we'll be, you know, we'll be we'll be piling it up, and he'll be, you know, but it's just like, and I thought, and and I don't know that I've ever seen that dynamic captured in a comic book before, um, because again, it's not like an abuse, like it it's 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 easy to play the like abusive card, right, or like the right. oh you know evil card, but that's not what this is about, at least not to this point, right? This is more like. Right. Like just that, how do you deal with these emotions that are sometimes very hard to, to, to deal with? And, um, you know, that, I would say that, that I know Middle East is getting started, but, um, I think for, for me, having known you through, I guess the entirety of your, at least the writing part of your career, um, mm. you know, this, this to me is the next level because it, it, uh, it, it isn't just about being funny and, 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 and whimsical. I mean, you know, right. and, uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm psyched to see you going in different directions with your, with your writing.
0: Well thanks man I appreciate that. Yeah, it's um yeah, that's I mean that's definitely the goal with these kind of relationships to try to be able to depict this story or to be, depict that relation this kind of relationship. And that, the here's the interesting thing as I'm writing it is um you know nobody knows how these things really end, right? Like uh because here's here's the thing. Uh so I did a there's an art of book coming out the marvel art of scotty book coming out soon right and and i did a big interview for it and like the last the last question of the, the the book was like well what if you had this you know one sentence to kind of like sum up your career like what uh what what would it be and i was like i don't know like in progress <laughs> like uh <laughs> because like it doesn't end like i'm still doing it and and i've i see these kind of things as the same way i've i've never liked you know you know we'll probably talk about bully wars at some point too but bully wars is very similar in that like i don't like when we have defined things for certain t- archetypes right like you know bully wars is like me challenging the idea that bullies are bullies and they're going to be bullies forever um i'd like to think that maybe You know, we can make them not be bullies. Wouldn't that be better? (laughs) Like, you know, like instead of just going over and taking a permanent marker and making sure that they have a mustache on them forever um, when they're little, you know, because we've seen the, you know, we've seen like, you know, let's take Back to the Future, right? Like Biff, right? Like Mm -hmm. Biff's Biff's a bully. And of course, when you get to Back to the Future 2, he's still a bully when he's an adult. Like, he's always going to be a bully, right? Um, so there's something to the, for me, there's something to the idea of like challenging that and, and, and seeing like, can we challenge that role? Can we see if there's another side to it? Can we see if there's an evolution to it? Because I, again, I won't put it on my blast, but I have really close friends that will openly admit they were bullies in school. Like they were bullies growing up and they're sweethearts now. And so it's not a thing that you're, you should be, you know, they're not, you know, they didn't grow up wanting to stay that way. And most of the time you're like that for a reason. Um, And I, you know, I find that to be um, true when it comes to at least my experiences, I'm definitely not going to take abuse in any way. And the the insane spectrum that, um, you know, everybody will land on that with and and say it's one thing or the other either. But, you know, for the, the, the the version of this that I'm telling is, is trying to challenge that idea that, um, you know, the dad is just this villain through and through. I mean, look, He's not likable, right? I mean, right away, the first issue, he's not likable. Um, And and even to a degree, when he's going to go look for a son, he's still, you know, in issue three, still kind of, you know, being an asshole to the people trying to help him. You know, like he's still not, you know, he's still not Mr. Rogers. Um, But you can tell that there's something in him that's saying, like, this is still my boy, you know. Um, And then Abel has those moments as well, which is like he's conflicted, which – you know, any kids who have grown up in this kind of scenario, you you you're you, it's conflicting because you're like, I understand that I don't like what just went down, but also this other thing, which is that's my that's my parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a real thing. Um And so that's a and as a kid, your your brain's not fucking developed enough to to, to like. Mm-hmm. To work these that problem, right? Like, and so it's even more confusing. It's even more of a conflict because, similar to the tornado, which is why I have Abel also realizing, oh shit, there's a little bit of this in me. Similar to that, once the storm has passed, it's you start questioning, like, well, was it that bad? Like, well, everybody else is going through this too, right? We're all fine, like, because you don't know, right? Like, kids one of my other you know, another friend of mine got you know, one of my friends got like pummeled when he was a kid. I didn't know that was going on when I was a kid because we didn't sit around chatting about it. We just I think we all just kind of assumed like, yeah, this is like we go to school, we play basketball, and we get hit, right? Like these kind of things. You know I mean? like, um but those you know so trying to figure out like a nice balance to you know explore this idea and and that's really what I view this as more is exploring it and i'm exploring it for myself as a as a person and a writer and having the characters exploring it and really you know we'll see who gets an answer and what what the answer is but um you know it really is more of an exploration of the idea of you know the 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 chain and the history that kind of repeats itself from generation to generation and and you know seeing if there's a difference between each generation and how we can all you know, how these characters can maybe change that or break those chains, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's very telling that Abel gets his mark from his father literally touching him. Right. Which said to me that we pass these things down to our kids, right? I mean, as a person that had struggled with anger for a good portion of my life, like pre-cancer, I was the meanest, nastiest, Son of a bitch. Like you Still wouldn't so hard for me to
2: believe that. You wouldn't know, know it, it now. Times, but, right. Yeah, but right. I
1: mean, I I was a hothead paisan. I would fly right. off the handle. But in revisiting my past, I came to the conclusion, and I don't know if this is just telling myself what I want to hear, but that my anger a lot of times was born out of concern. Right. And, and out of love. My dad died early, right? And my mother right. would would never do anything to she would she cocoon herself in this this little woe is me womb right oh Mm -hmm. my husband's gone I'm not gonna do anything I'm not gonna be with anyone I'm not gonna socialize I'm just I'm just gonna cease to exist and I would get pissed off like flying into a rage like you got it you know what i mean like just trying to not not because i just was an asshole and i wanted just to fucking lash out at someone because i was concerned i mean i I love the woman right and she didn't do anything to make herself better so it was the love that propelled me to get angry i didn't get the anger was just a byproduct of these feelings like i want you to do the right thing you know and i think that's what abe that's what dale is feeling too he just wants his son to grow up to be a good man and and yeah, the anger does take over, but I think the anger is is born out of love and concern and the the need to 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 nurture this kid not nurture in the way a mother does but but at least contribute to this kid's development in the way that he thinks he should be. Right,
0: and and there's going to, you know, I just wrote I told Jason this the other day you know, I I wrote a scene the other day that kind of speaks to that like Dale is having a conversation with a with, with somebody new and and it's kind of talking about the, the differences and exactly what you're talking about. And, and uh, you know, as a dad, you realize, you know, or one of the things I have to keep reminding myself so I do not repeat the things. Because let's face it, like, we, we come from the DNA we come from, man. Like, it's, there's some things that I say sometimes. I'm like, what in the fuck did I just say that for? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. like I say, I swear to God, I, I use this. This is my example all the time. My kid... Like, so they back to when he was younger, he'd get on the, like the arm, arm of the couch, right? He'd like sit on it and I'd be like, get off that. And he, and he, I mean, he'd do it. But I, after I would after I'd say that, I'd be like, like, why did I do, like, why do I care? Like, I don't even fucking like this couch. Like, <laughs> like, but because that was a thing that I heard, heard said to me yeah. a million times growing up, you know, it was like don't do that. Get off that. Stop doing the abnormal thing. Stop it. That's not normal. You don't sit on like that kind of thing. Right? Like, and then I had to remind myself like, wait a minute, I actually don't give a fuck. So do I want to be the voice that's constantly saying this on things I don't actually give a fuck about? (laughs) Or do I want to just like chill the fuck out and be like, yeah, I don't care about the arm of that couch because I'm not really, I'm not really giving you any constructive, you know, building blocks for your Right for your life by telling you not to do something that doesn't actually fucking matter. Now all what I am gonna do is make you not listen to me later down the line when I actually have something that you should listen to, that is important. But but I have I've thrown it all away on petty bullshit um, for whatever reasons I can't have yet to figure out. You know, and so it's those things. It's like can I remind myself like kids come how they come, right? And it's a little bit more my job, the way that I view it is it's a little bit more my job to come to them than to keep trying to train them to come to me. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's a hard thing to fucking remind yourself of because, you know, we've been around a while and we're bigger and we've, you know, we've got the stuff and we've got, you know, we can do this things and, um, or whatever, you know, so there, there's a conversation exactly what you're saying there. And uh that, that I, that I go into that a little bit because, you know, the, i mean you know there's all types of cliches or or sayings right the road to hell is paved with the best of intentions right Mm -hmm. like um you know and that's the life i grew up with i don't think for a minute you know that you know anybody in my life uh it was twirly mustaches or anything um i don't think anybody you know had a grand plot i think that uh and i think that most of us could probably say Um, you know, that somebody had really good intentions, even though, um, and I'm not just talking about parents, I'm talking about relationships and girlfriends and boyfriends and fucking pets. I don't know, you know, like all of us have the best of intentions until we realize we've hurt somebody. (laughs) Um, uh, it's, so it's all, it's, it's all a weird emotional bag, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting book to, to, to write (laughs) on a regular basis.
1: Yep. And we were saying this before we started recording, before Jason got here, that, I mean, and Jason said it, we've known you the entirety of your career. Right. And there were times when, you know, you would act your age. Sure, of course. This book, Middle West, is a product of the mature daddy, you know, husband, Scotty Young. You've seen a lot of shit. In, in the, the 20 plus years that you've been doing comics, and I don't think you would have been able to produce this book, at least not as with the potency you're doing right now, had young Scotty Young written right. or conceived this book. This book okay. is a product of maturity and age and, right. and making a bunch of mistakes and and realizing that you know there, there's a, a, a better way. And that there's more to, um, loving someone than just, you know, what you can get out of them. That, yeah, 100% for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, love it. I think this book is great. Um, oh, thank you, man. Not only is it beautiful, but it makes you think and it, it's, it tugs at the heartstrings and, and, um, there's not a day that goes by that I don't throw something my dad said to me at my kids. Right. And, yeah. and, and I said I would never do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, back in, it, yeah. you know back in the day, you're listening it to drive this. It it drive
2: me nuts when you do it though. Drives me
1: nuts. No, it doesn't just, because it just validates everything that my dad bored me with 30 years ago. And mm. and and I'll be honest, I was bored. And and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know everything. not to his face, but and everything to a to a to a comment. Every single thing came true that he told me. And huh. and that's where the anger comes from with my son now. Whereas I'm just trying to make this crazy ride easier for you and no. you and you don't thing about being a kid. No, yeah, yeah, they the don't. Though, they, right? they
3: need they need the life experience. You you can tell yeah. them, you know, from experience what's going to happen, but they need to experience. They need to right, make exactly. their mistakes.
1: True. And, and hopefully, hopefully there'll yes, be a moment where he looks
2: back and says, you were right.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I told him I said it's probably going to be after I'm dead. So f you.
2: <laughs> Listen, I've told you guys this. My, you know, my wife, who, who, I mean, y'all, you y'all you know at least, well, to some degree. Um, you know, she's chills can be. I mean, we don't, we not, go, we don't, we don't argue. I mean, we we get along swimmingly. We just don't have that kind of relationship where we argue. <laughs> um, very rarely. But like, she, she, and her father. I mean. She said she told her father to f off like a thousand times growing up. Wow. And that and that baffles me because number one she's never told me to f off and we've been together 20 almost you know 25 years. Uh and and number two uh like I like I never would have ever once thought to say that to my father. Same. Like like it just and and, and again my father wasn't ever physically like abusive to me. He never laid a hand on me but I was still scared scared to tell of him. I still respected him. Like, I never would have told him to F off, you know? Um, but my point is, is that, like, but it's so hard for me to to believe that, like, if it weren't for her and her father both acknowledging that that, that dynamic existed, I could never picture it because, I mean, he's passed away now, but but for all the years that we were together and and, and uh, as a couple, she had a great relationship with her father, you know? And, uh, and so it, it just does speak to that cycle of life where, I mean, she just thought he was just the most intolerable, insufferable asshole and thought he was wrong about everything when she was a teenager. And then, you know, by the by the time we were parents, um, you know, not a time we spent with him. Did she not did they not sort of toast, you know, a glass of wine to each other and laugh about right. it and say, wow, I, 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 you know, I guess that informed me now because you were you were right most of the time. You know, so. Yep, so, right. yeah, I mean.
1: Yeah. And I love the way that Dale's portrayed in the comic when he goes into the the tornado mode where the eyes glaze over and yeah. you just get this ferocious intensity behind these the these ovals and that's exactly what would happen to me. Yeah. You just lose it and you get into this berserker mode and it's just like good thing I didn't have like a a, a broadsword in my head cuz people would get cut. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's just, yeah. it's perfect. The metaphor is absolutely perfect.
2: So, uh, Scotty, let's talk about Jorge because Dapp and I met Jorge, <laughs> yeah. what, like, what was that, eight, nine years ago, Dapp? Ten years yeah, ago?
3: Baltimore. No, do well, you think that long ago? No, we've been doing the show for, for just yeah, over ten he's, years, so. He's just, he, he's
0: just been doing, he's been doing comics professionally for about six years. Stuff. Yeah, it, it was before yeah, he, he was doing, he
2: had just graduated art school. Right. Uh, we were walking through Artist Alley. We came across him. He was sitting next to Ariella Cristantina, I remember because yep. she hadn't done any comics yet either. They both were art school grads and uh, got commissions from them both because they were hella cheap and uh, whatever. But no, but like I just remember meeting him, nice kid, but hadn't really done anything. And then mm-hmm. I hadn't, I don't remember really seeing him for a couple years or even hearing about him. And then Scotty, you know, you said, "Oh, I'm going to do this book, uh, Middle West, with Jorge Corona," and I immediately remembered the name but not because of, of any published comics work. So I know how you hooked up with Aaron, uh, but but how did you hook up with Jorge?
0: So I went down to SCAD Atlanta um, to speak uh, one year, and uh, I didn't know this at the time. They clearly didn't tell me at the time, but now that we're friends, he told me, I, him and uh, his wife Morgan came to visit us a couple months ago when we were kind of planning the the, the next couple arcs. And um, I realize i had met him and his at then they weren't even dating but they had both driven down or up whatever the direction is from savannah because they were going to scad in savannah and i was speaking at scad atlanta campus campus and they had driven up to uh to see us and kind of hang out at the bar because they knew like they knew like whatever the speakers would come. So we kind of met them at the hanging out the bar and I saw the stuff and and they were super, he was super nice and obviously super talented and we kind of kept up with each other. Um, and then um, I'm trying to think of what the next thing I, th- I feel like I saw when he did feathers, I think it was, which was a boom. Um, I was like, God, this is really, this guy's yeah, really they just good.
2: I think probably because of yeah, girl book. yeah.
0: Yeah. So he did feathers. and I was like, wow, this is really, man. this, this guy is really, um, just crushing it. And then I went and checked out obviously teen Titans go, I saw that. And then I checked out his Robin stuff and, and, uh, he was just crushing it. Like he was just so good. So we had talked and I just said, Hey, do you want to, do you maybe want to do a project sometime? Cause I was just starting to be like, I think I want to start writing for other artists. Um, and he was like, yeah. And, and it just came. Then it was like, cool. Like we had decided, it's kind of the same way with Aaron, which was like, okay, we're going to do something. We don't know what, and then I'll just, I get, I'll hitch up later when I have an idea. Um, and so I was, you know, I was just cart before in the horsing it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then Jorge, I just, we had, I think we talked about one or two projects and it didn't come together, and I didn't have the idea right away, and and then um, Middle West. There was a couple – there was one friend of mine who was from Chicago, and he's out in L.A. now, and he does TV stuff, and he's working on animation stuff, and, and um, he was the first person that I was going to do this with. Um, funny enough, I'd asked Stephen Green – do you guys know Stephen Green? Oh, hell yeah. Of course. Yes. I asked Stephen Green – well, you guys have all seen by now Jason, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a the book yeah. together. Yeah. Right. Well, I'd asked Stephen – this is how slow Steven is. I'm going to bust his balls. Um, I had asked Steven if he wanted to do a project with me. I didn't really even have it worked out yet. I just knew kind of the brushstrokes and the, and the title. And, uh, he was like, no, I'm doing a book with Jason Aaron. I was like, God damn it, Jason. Why didn't you tell me this? Um, And then, uh, so they just now announced that book and we're like eight issues in. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, But, uh, so he did, he was, I asked him and then a friend of mine who hadn't really done, he hadn't really done a lot of comics, but he's a genius artist. His name's Chris Copeland. Really, really great artist. Um, Works in animation, worked at Warner Brothers. Um, He's actually, him and his brother are, um, they are running, the invincible cartoon the show for uh robert now which you know yeah it was so um chris had gotten in uh, a bike accident and so the project was kind of on hold for a while and then when when and i was like well we're just gonna wait and when he came back um he got some really great opportunities uh he got a really great opportunity i think at dreamworks Um, and then, you know, shortly after that, this, you know, basically show running, you know, uh, a full blown animated series for skybound. Um, and at the time, you know, this, we were just, I was just starting to craft this and I just told him like, man, you've got some really amazing opportunities. And I, you know, he had, he's got like all the kids and I was like, I, you know, I don't know what the industry is going to do with me as just a writer. So I, I feel terrible asking you to pick, you know this as your job (laughs) if if, you know you've got these directing you know you're going to direct an animated movie and you're going to show run a series or whatever and he was like you know because he felt bad at first and i was like dude you've got to go so we hadn't started he had done a few designs for a few characters that um uh have have changed and aren't in the book anymore um but we hadn't really even we hadn't got started at all i think i don't even know that i had fairly certain. I didn't even have a script written yet for issue one. It was really just a general concept, mm-hmm. um, before he had to move on. And so at that point I was really like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and then, um, I can't remember, I can't remember what, what got me thinking, but I remember talking to Jorge and then I hit him up and he sent me some stuff and he was working on, oh, it was like, cause that number one with the bullet was out had just come out and he was also doing big trouble, in little China. He was doing two monthly books. Um, and I was like, so how long do you have left on, you know, are you guys is number one with a bullet ongoing? He said, no, it's a mini. And then, um, and, and also big trouble in little China, how it was going to be ending or whatever. And I was like, well, I've got this idea, you know, and I just pitched it to him and he was instantly in, um, he did some then started doing designs and and that's really, that's really, it just fell in place. And then it, I mean, now it's crazy to think that it wasn't, you know, that it ever, ever wasn't him Mm -hmm. um, because of how quickly he understood and got everything that I was putting down, you know, like just the, the, the region. And, you know, I'd put together a lot of reference for, you know, Midwest stuff and the farmlands and, and things like that. And, aside from the first instincts of of abel's character which he, you know he he was it, was it was not dull enough weirdly enough <laughs> it's like a little too cool and hip and everything but he once once we got abel down then it was like we we're off to the races and now i mean i don't know that there's i don't know that there's been um a single thing that he's done that i'm not just like oh that's perfect you know um so yeah, it was all just from uh, me talking at Scad and and, uh, and him driving up to to Scad to kind of uh, stalk me at a bar.
1: Yeah, the, I mean his character design is smoking, but his landscapes and the flora and the fauna and just like every his tech like the vehicles and his technology, it's all amazing. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, and, uh,
0: he's it's just crushing it.
1: You were talking about world world building before. There's a couple things <laughs> about. Um, Middle West that aren't explained,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: A- and I hope they never will be.
0: No, like, dude, we want to. Know no, break, I don't want news. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> what's like, the pink stuff? N- that's I said <laughs> I to that, Jason. I swear what, to God, everybody's asking me what the pink stuff is.
1: I don't want to know. I'm guessing it's a fuel, but I, I really don't want to know. It. It. There should be. Are we be... going
2: to find out? If Stop. you're not going to break it here, no. I don't. He, I don't mean is he going to tell us now? I said, are we going to ever find out?
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Okay,
1: hmm.
0: he'll, yep. he'll tell, you what, in, episode, he'll tell you what a to skip vince. vince vince i promise you in mm-hmm. the same way that you've appreciated something that you thought would be clichely given to you but wasn't you'll appreciate the way you'll appreciate the way in which you find out okay. what that stuff is um it's it's not just this take it just trust me. And then it's not going to be a character that sits there and tells another character what the shit is. Okay. <laughs> it won't be that it's going to be, it's a pretty big, it ends up being a very big part of the story. Um, in a, not, uh, not in a story, but in Abel's journey. Um, and, um, and like a lot of things in this book are very, uh, experience driven, um, uh, experience driven and, and authentic in, in it's uh, the reasoning for it being there. So hmm. I'll, that's all I'll say.
1: So he's probably going to stumble uh, into a processing plant.
0: We'll, we'll see.
2: <laughs> it's basically that world's scissor. P- it's so, it's <laughs> <soil and> green. <laughs> yeah. Pink, pinky drink.
1: Pink drink. <laughs> but it's just phenomenal so far. I kind well, of, so I, I envy you and I'm so jealous of just the way you just wear those hats so effortlessly.
0: Oh well, thank you. I mean, I know it might seem effortless on the on the surface, but there's plenty of um, there's plenty of days of me writing Deadpool where I'm literally uh, staring out the window, like, "Well, they figured me out. I have no no jokes or ideas." And, uh, <laughs> or you know, the days where I'm writing middle west, where I'm like, um, "I'm gonna cry today for sure." <laughs> you know? <laughs> definitely going to be crying at the end of this day uh all family members stay out of my way i'm going to be a little i'm going to be a little extra today
1: <laughs> that's all part of the process isn't it i mean it is yeah. th- those days where it just doesn't come that's just because the trigger hasn't arrived yet and right. you being on a monthly and what's deadpool is it twice monthly no it's just monthly I told okay. him I can't do the I can't do the double shit well well, even on a monthly schedule you you do have a little bit of a luxury of of wiggle wiggle room there, but in in, in some cases um you know if you're doing these these books that are coming out at a two bi weekly clip like you don't have that ability to just sit back and let the universe give it to you when it feels like it wants to you know it
0: is the it is the challenging thing, and I will say that you know all my good, good buddy, and you guys, frequent, other frequent guests, He, he, he might be. I don't think he's been on the show more than me, but if he, if he has, if he hasn't, he's right behind me. It's Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, I, you got him
2: lapped, dude. And he's been on three times. You've been on. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: okay. I really have kind of adapted, or adopted his um, method, where I will try to get in one book zone really intensely for a little bit and try to get you know as many scripts done on that title as i can so like middle west you know all six issues were written at the same time you know bully wars was all written at the same time and you know and then you know deadpool for the majority of it was all written at the same time and now i'm kind of cycling back over to middle West and doing that again, where I'm kind of leaning into that. And it's, it's kind of the same way that I've always approached art, right? Like I pencil a whole issue, then I ink a whole issue because once I'm in that, once I'm in that discipline, then I just let the kind of perpetual motion guide me through it. And the momentum starts to take me through it. So I can actually start to become faster because you're just staying in that mode. Anytime that I try to write Deadpool one day and middle West, the next, it's just like neither one of them are getting my right brain because it's just, such different books, you know, um, that there's su- such different books and such hard things to get into in the, in the ways that you need to get into them, you know, um, that it's a lot easier if I write three issues of Deadpool at once or, you know, three or four or five issues of middle West at once where I can really just lean into that, that stuff.
1: You just can't rush creativity.
0: No, nope, Can't do it.
1: No, nope.
3: This wasn't, um, just a, a straight thought I had cause we, we, we we've, gone deep into middle west already but I, how what what kind of notes have, have you given jorge how much of the visuals is is jorge? obviously it's your story there's it's very it, it's i think we can all agree that there's 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 some personal stuff going on here but how much you give your scripts your your, hmm. your your detailed notes i mean you know you tell you you tell them what you about the fox you tell them about you know the the characters on the train, things like that. How, what does he run with? And, and have you ever looked at something and go, I kind of didn't think we were going to go there, but I just, because I, I just love the process.
0: Yeah. Um, a lot of that stuff we hammered out at the beginning before we dove into pages. So, um, Abel was really the first thing we needed to nail down. Um, and like I said, when he first started drawing Abel, um, he, you know, is uh, definitely it was off. Like it was, you know, like really bright yellow hoodie and, uh, you know, almost, you know, a little too, almost a little too LA, and definitely not a Midwestern kid. And I was trying to say, like, I, I know this is going to sound cliche, but he needs to have jeans and a hoodie on because this is like the uniform of the middle <laughs> Midwest, right? Like, it's just, it's all we ever wore. Um, and so once he got able and then, and then Dale. Really, what it was? My my biggest notes for Jorge at the beginning was, I I know that there's an instinct to want to really blow out the shapes of characters, but if we go too wacky or crazy with the with the with the um, the shape variation, at least in our main characters, we're gonna lose some of the emotional thing. And he got he understood what I was saying right then, cool. and then and so he brought that in. Um, so and then the next thing was trying to to nail down the the um, you, you know the the era or the design of the stuff right meaning the cars and the things like mm-hmm. that i didn't really want it to be a time i didn't want it to be modern i didn't want it to be an, an 80s or 90s thing i just wanted it to be midwest and that's just kind of timeless it's like this weird it's like you just feel like oh that's new or old i don't even know what that is um other than that, there's not been a ton of notes. I mean, he's he really just has such great great instincts. Um, you who know, came I, up with call cuz that, uh, that freaks the hell out of me, man. Call was me. I mean, I I just said that I wanted a dude, you know, like a homeless. I mean, the the visuals of of him were all Jorge, but the description was exactly okay. what he looks like. Was I said I want a guy who thinks he's a bird, but I don't, you know, I don't want him to be a bird. I want a guy who staples weird feathers to his yeah. coat and he thinks he and he has a bird skull and you know is you know um and then Jorge took that little description and then made call, which is just fucking awesome freaks <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh and it was the same thing with with Jeb where I was like you know I, I want like a hobo wizard kind of guy um which you know even Jeb that comes from real stuff like do you guys watch American pickers? hell yeah. Okay, did you watch the episode? You're going to like this, Vince. If you've watched a lot of it, you're, I feel like you're going to remember this episode. Do you remember the episode where they went to southern Illinois and uh, they were looking for the hobo who, who collected the motorcycles?
1: Yes, yes.
0: And they literally drove out to the side of the road and the whole thing was like, they were like, we're looking for a hobo and they explained what hobos were. And it was like, it's not homeless people. It's like, hobos were a very, you know, obviously it was a different kind of person. They traveled around and and they lived free on the land and all this stuff, right? And they were like, there's this guy that we're looking for is a legit, a legit old time hobo. And, And they found him and they literally found him on the side of a road next to the woods. And this old man took them on this hike through the woods. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the woods were like these weird lean to shack like buildings that he had built in the middle of nowhere. And they were filled with junk and they were filled with like old, like American, what was, what's the kind of Americans? What was, what's the kind of motorcycle I'm thinking of the American, like the native American, the Indian, the Indian. Yeah. yes. And he had all these old Indian motorcycle frames and everything in there. And they were like, Holy shit. Yeah. Mike's going crazy. That. Yeah. I just remember that episode being so weird that this like old like bearded hobo dude had this collection of shit in the middle of a forest. Yep. Um so Jeb is literally that guy. Like I just was like, that is so cool, and it's Illinois and it's Midwest. <laughs> and I was like, and there's Jeb. Like he takes Abel through a thing and he has his little I called it his hobo woodland junkyard, right? And that's the way I described it in the, in the script. Well, that's uh,
1: one of the things when when we first encountered Jeb, I thought, okay, wizard, but there's also yes. a component of an outsider artist in this guy. Oh
0: yeah, like yeah, these people uh, that
1: just collect junk and and right. and fashion it into. Remember the guy in American Pickers that would take any kind of scrap metal, and he had this mm-hmm. this giant spider like contraption in his backyard and he would make these these animals out of just rusted metal parts like there's a there's a a sliver of that guy in jeb you know right jeb's could be in raw vision magazine yeah the way he
0: (laughs) for sure yeah yeah so jeb jeb really came from that and so all the all the notes that i would give jorge would be like that it's um it'd be different you know visual ref um you know where i'd say like here's a lot of farm equipment And the cool thing is, is, you know, if you look at like a lot of the things that he adds on, you know, it really is just a lot of weird like machinery that you'd see on the side of a tractor or like, you know, when you get out in the Midwest and you see these big silos and on these farms, you know, there's all these weird contraptions and units and air conditioned units and all these kind of weird things always attached to stuff. It just looks like weird Blade Runner shit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we went through and we'd kind of do notes and stuff like that, but past that he's just fucking nailing it. And I just get excited to see what he comes back with. Um, You know, we've always got new characters in the next, the second arc, we've got some really fucking cool characters come up. So, you know, he's done some drawings, but you know, it usually just goes, Oh, yep. Me. that's cool. Like, you know, like the thing is, is I loved his stuff from the beginning and it's kind of, I, I, I've kind of believed this with almost every project I've been on. It's like, I was the same way with Aaron um you know at the beginning we, we 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 hash it out at the beginning, and then once we nail it i trust i just i picked you for like I wanted to work with these people for a reason, I trust them and they 're insanely talented um and, and so who am I to jump in and start saying what they 're doing or not doing right you know it 's like they 're just crushing it
1: yep the most and magical
0: get, oh, go
1: ahead. a quick one the most magical of the three issues the the sequence that speaks to me the most was when they're they're right up to get to Jeb's house right before and Jeb just stops and looks in the field and he goes "buku buku" <laughs> and and he, yes. and he says there's always more out there than what we can see. That's my philosophy about life in a nutshell, right? Yeah. And then you have these rabbit Pig type creatures out of nowhere, <laughs> just being all pudgy and shit, having a good time in the field. You know, Th- that those two panels are just like pure magic. Well,
0: thank you. Yeah, that was the thing where you know, again, like living in the Midwest the majority of my life, you always, you know, you drive by these fields and uh, you know cattle farms and things like that, and, and you'd have these big round hay bales positioned at a certain port of a certain points of the season that are going to be feed right for for the livestock so but the, but you drive you're driving down the road and you see these giant mounds they're giant and uh you know as a kid you're always like i wonder what those are i mean you know what they are but you're you know you're you know your, your imagination is starting to be like i wonder what those really are and so that was kind of a little bit of that which is like oh look at these big hay bales that become these other weird rabbit things you know
1: so cool uh,
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I love I love the little things. Like I never in a million years, I swear to God, I never in a million years thought people would give a shit about the pink stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the fact I literally went to Albuquerque, New Mexico and we went to a comic book shop and and uh ended up you know, the the, the shop owner ended up, you know, introduced himself. We introduced he was like, Oh my god And he was like, You gotta tell me what's the pink stuff and I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs>
3: The, the 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 covers by uh huddleston are amazing too
0: oh they're bonkers yeah he's uh he's he's something else man that mike huddleston How you much, guys yeah. you, you guys got another mike huddleston thing coming down the road i'm not gonna i can't i'm not Ooh. gonna say it out here but you guys got a project coming from mike huddleston and somebody else who you guys really 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 like that's gonna blow your fucking minds nice yeah
2: you know nice. everything
1: <laughs> I'm an old man, this. I'm a, I'm a old man in the
2: streets and the I'm an old man in now. He's he's bar he's barbecuing and playing trivia with the <laughs> with the, the the power elite in Kansas City every uh, every
0: night. Seriously well, though, you're his. The Mike, Huddleston, the Mike Huddleston thing. The Mike Huddleston thing is uh, a thing because I connected the two That's how I know this one. Like gotcha. I I connected those two up for the project, and so I've I've got to watch it transpire from the very beginning. So that's
1: that's why I know that one. Right, but as far as like hobnobbing with the elite, and we know you're his friend, so you you really can't comment on this. But how much of a monster is Jason Aaron? Like, what Mm -hmm. kind of a dude does it take to get me to give a shit about Avengers?
0: Right, the the best man. I love the book. Yeah, you know what it is. Jason Aaron loves comic books. Yeah, that's. Jason Aaron loves comic books. That's really what it is. I'm, I'm 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 not kidding you. Like, here's the thing. I guarantee you, if you walked around every convention, I'd be hard pressed to name five pros. And this, you know, this is probably an asshole statement for me to say. So take yeah, it or leave it. Okay. But I could probably name five pros that you would see, um, uh, diving in long boxes at, you know, all the dealers, and not real quick, but like diving through dealer after dealer with his with his phone app out, filling in gaps of you know whatever collection. But I will tell you what, there's almost not a convention. Well, I know so there's not a convention where Jason Aaron's not on the guest list. In fact, just if Jason's Aaron on the guest list, walk around where the dealers are. Guarantee you will see him knee deep in a long box of thor issues or grew the wanderer issues or atari force whatever mm. and he's going to be he's going to be grabbing out and looking at his app and filling in those gaps and constantly doing it because that motherfucker loves comic books to that guy buys every comic book on wednesdays that's <laughs> I'm awesome not i'm not kidding you the stack beside his chair on Wednesdays to read is fucking enormous. It's it's crazy.
3: Now, okay. So, the, does he obviously, I mean, write full time? Does he like this? Do you know you can't text him from like you know five to eleven? On a Wednesday night, because that's he's got to sit down and read. Like, does does he carve out a time where he can just read everything he bought that day? I don't know when the fuck he reads, man. Okay,
0: <laughs> All right. I don't know. I don't know when that dude does what he does. I mean, the only thing that I know is I don't really text him before eleven o'clock because that motherfucker <laughs> sleeps late. Um, and I'm up. I'm up. I mean, I got school late. You know, I've got a preschooler and a you know a third grader. So, and I'm usually you know I get up and make breakfasts and drop one kid off at school and and do the whole so I'm up at 7 every day but I know I can't I know I shouldn't I shouldn't sometimes I do <laughs>
1: but
0: I shouldn't text Jason before 10 or 11
1: he's doing an incredible job
0: yeah he's just the best man like he's it's it's I mean he's the greatest dude but all, like all, as far as the craft goes it's just it's bonkers how fucking good that guy is true yep yeah I agree So
2: another question from John O'Neill, who was actually a guest on our show a few weeks ago. Oh, I listened
0: Uh, to that one. Oh, nice. He he. um, Proud of you. uh, (laughs) No, listen. Hold on. Before you ask a question, I need to say that because Jason, Jason, and I talked the other day, and he he was like, "I don't know. Maybe you don't listen anymore." And I was like, "I for real? Like I don't listen to shit." I even told Casey the other day. I was like, "I miss." if anything I miss drawing for, it's like being able to listen to stuff because I don't get to listen to audiobooks anymore. Um, I don't get to listen to podcasts anymore because I'm writing like four books now. And I'm like, fuck man, how do people who write listen to anything? <laughs> like I just like I don't get any of that time. So like so I actually was going on I was flying on a trip and I was like, Oh sweet. So I popped that episode in and, and that was the episode he was on. So there you go. Well there you go. So John there you go. Uh he wants to know and again
2: this is something that we've talked about off air, but uh but uh, inquiring minds so you can speak to it. Um he wants to know uh if Comics are the end game, or do you see yourself getting the other creative industries pursuits uh, down the road? And again, uh, you know, this is for the audience. I, I think we already know your answer, but feel free to share it with the peoples. Um, I don't
0: know. I mean, I like I love comic books. You know, I like I like comic books. I like being able to sit down. I like being able to sit down by myself and tell a story with words and pictures. Um, there's almost no other thing in the world that allows one person to do that <laughs> or close, you know, you and a couple of people, whether it's John or Nate or somebody helped a you know, letter in color or whatever, but you know, such a small team of people tell such giant things. Um, it's so cool. I, but, but that's not to say, you know, obviously there's, um, other things kind of brewing and cooking up at the moment in in over the you know in these coming years um you know and I've done children's books and chapter books outside of of comic books, so um I don't know the the best thing that I've learned over the years is just to not make any bold statements about
1: mm-hmm.
0: what anything is at any given time because the second you do things things curveballs get thrown at you, and you don't know so i I'm just saying right now like I like making up i like making shit up, I like playing pretend um and any anything that comes along that seems like a fun chat channel and challenge to play pretend with is i'm gonna be all ears and if it works i'll i'll jump at it cool
2: yeah it, was there any I, I don't honestly don't know the answer to this is there any like uh publicly disclosed developments with the i hate fairyland flick and beyond like what was already announced or what's that have have there been any like further developments that you can speak to about like the I Hate Fairyland stuff like
0: other mediums? Oh no, no, there's nothing announced with that. That's just a comic book that, uh, yeah, nothing's right. out there. Nothing with that. All right, maybe someday.
1: Yeah, it's Certainly worthy.
0: worthy. Thank you, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
1: So why don't you hit him up with another question from the the Patreons?
2: The Patreons. Uh, let's see let's what we got here. Um, some of these we covered. Uh, well. There's a derivation of it's basically I'll, a couple of people ask the same question in different ways, which is to say, um, you still have a lot of years left in your career, writing and drawing comics. What uh, what would be characters that you haven't ever had a crack at either writing or drawing that you'd love a chance to, you know, if the opportunity presented itself?
0: Um, I mean, Spider Man, I think would be fun. I'm mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, oh man. It's really tough. There is a new project that I pitched at Marvel that I'm getting ready to get started on that is it, – it's not characters per se. I'm, I can't say much about it. It's just like, – here's the thing. I'm realizing that what Deadpool is teaching me is that um, it's very difficult <laughs> to tell stories um, behind uh, a lot of other people who have told millions million stories with that character. That's a fucking insane challenge, right? Um, so it's, I, I keep thinking up new things. So some of the things that I'm even doing with at Marvel coming up, they are they're within the Marvel tapestry, but still a little bit new. Um, and that gives me a little bit of a leeway to make some stuff up in a fun way, but still use the, the Marvel tapestry, um, which is going to be really fun. Um, well, other that makes than sense that, you get
2: to, you get to stretch your wings a little bit, right? Like, like, I mean, like, uh, like with like Tom King comes to mind right like he got to like he cut his teeth with vision and then mostly Mr. Mr. Miracle like that's by design right. right he got to your point with you said with with Deadpool like certain characters you have more leeway with because they don't have right. as much of a history and they're not as beholden to the core continuity or the event stream right. or all that sort of thing so right yeah with well,
1: this yeah. brings up that oh yeah go ahead you ben. no 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 you go
0: i was just going to say other than that it's going to be mostly you know it's more creator own things that I've, it's more genre that I've not genres that I haven't tackled that I'm more interested in. Right. Like I had, like I just told Casey today, I th- you know, I was like, I think I want to do, I think I might want to do a scary kind of horror story. Um, next. And she was like, really? Cause I really want you to do like a romantic comedy. next. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Yeah. Which I really, really want to do. Sure. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I am less character driven. Mm-hmm. um, Simply because, like even as a kid, it's like I did never think about growing up and drawing Spider Man or writing Spider Man because I was like, oh, people already do that. Um, I always thought I was just going to come up and do 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 my own thing. So um, yeah, for me, it's more I'm, I think about more genre than I do character. So you know, I definitely want to do like some fun romantic comedies and you know a cool buddy book, and uh, definitely want to try my hand at a horror book. Like I, I want to write it and draw it. Like I would. Try like a weird creepy book
1: what i was gonna touch on and and you said it in in that these characters have been around seemingly forever and the the daunting task of telling a new spider-man story becomes right. increasingly difficult with every decade that passes right, right. and and we've we've seen umpteen variations on the sinister six we're seeing a return to you know the the golden nuggets in the spider-man catalog like craven's last hunt i it looks like spencer's going to do something in that vein with with craven and i am the one of the most vocal people about giving stuff to marvel for free like Mm -hmm. creating creating new characters new new teams of characters to marvel because you know they're just they're they're the they're not the big bad but in 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 their history of publishing they've taken more than they've given right Mm -hmm. dc did the same thing but i think creative types at a certain point are going to be forced to create new characters at marvel and dc because it's it's far easier to take um you know jim bob the the unknown herald of galactus and write a series about this guy than it is to take silver surfer and write something new with the character you know so I, yeah i, I yeah. mean you touched on that and i think that's totally true as, as much as i I think I, yeah i think i've created four i think i've created four brand new characters just in my short run on deadpool yeah um, but i i yeah. think that's the what it's all going to amount to very soon you're going you you and your ilk are going to have to create more characters newer characters in order right. to just make it easy on yourself right for yeah sure. yeah for sure so there you go dap yeah. let's see you come around on it well no i do i do believe in being compensated for for your efforts but absolutely i don't
3: i don't disagree my whole my whole like my whole thing behind yes i credit where it's due it's it's no not credit
1: money credit's not gonna buy you a new house
3: yeah i i understand compensation i understand royalties i i get it i absolutely i'm not disagreeing with that but my whole thing about it is that you're creating something that is going to outlive you like so if scotty creates something if 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 kill puddle shows up in the 18th volume of marvel team up in the year 2055 sure that's pretty cool yes it is so somebody took scotty's character and did something else with it that's and 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 it's living be it's it's still being a part of something whereas if 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 scotty created kill puddle in i hate fairyland and no, but and, and Scotty doesn't allow anybody else to do anything with Gert and those characters. You're never going to see Killpuddle again. So that, that that's why I appreciate someone who who wants to like Grant Morrison, like Dan Slott, like Tom King, like Scotty, who wants to you know give some that's what give something, but just have a little piece of themselves still to be played with later on.
1: Yeah, well, the Listen, method- if,
0: if anything, if anything, I can always say that I made people repeat the name Kill Puddle a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes. The fact that I made up you the most happy. hilarious dumb name ever and people are saying it, I'm like, I win life. I just won life. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, the mythology sure. will stagnate if, if this doesn't come to pass. And if you right. just look at Marvel over the past year or two, all of the books that are really smoking to me are ones that are introducing new ideas into the Marvel universe, like that no surrender thing. Yep. you know it's it's yep. it's a, it's a or yes. The, the, we had the Black Order and and everything like that, but it's with um. What was driving her name? force was Voyager and yeah, and, Voyager.
3: And and the same thing with you know what even it's derivative, but but what what Jason's doing with the One Million BC Avengers. Sure, it's, uh, you know that, yeah. that's it's it's it may not be floating everybody's boat because they're wanting to see where it's going, but I mean it's still it's still a different unique take. And and all all Jason's doing now is he's adding to the Marvel mythos by saying that, you know, it, it's just like the metahuman gene or the mutant gene where it's like, no, there's a reason why there are so many freaking superpowered people on this planet. And it's because a long, long time ago... And, and he's, he's able to... And whether, you know, that stays canon or or anybody tweaks it later on, it's like... Just like Weird World, just like his Thor stuff, it's, it's just... He's adding to the whole... Right
1: marvel tapestry so i can't yeah. I, I can't no, edit that it's the same thing that Coates is doing with black panther absolutely yeah look at all these new characters he's throwing into the mix yeah it's still t'challa in space but yep. you you have a whole contingent of supporting characters that i've never seen before yeah it's fun yeah
0: so um
2: chris chavez asks a, a long question about the sort of uh Variety of contents out there, but basically, I'll boil it down to, uh, to to this. We know you you are a man who understands the business side. You know that's mm-hmm. what I got love for you on. So, I, what he's really asking, I think, is, um, you know, probably more for the creator inside. Like, how much do you kind of take a pulse of what's out there in the market and say to yourself, well, you know, I like this idea, but I'm not sure the time is right because there's already X or Y that's out there that's kind of like it or I'm not sure that there's a market for that idea right now. Like do you give that any thought whatsoever um or you just have confidence that your idea is going to give a stand on its own?
0: Yeah, I think the the um, the latter it's too tough to predict the timing of things. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, by the time I analyze what's happening now and then come up with an idea and either draw it myself or team up with somebody and we solicit it and we get it out yeah. the landscape could absolutely change i mean there's just no you know you you saw we had a crazy amount i mean i i felt like it was it was interesting cuz i hit i hate fairyland and i thought i hate fairyland was just such a weird book to to hit the market and then it seemed like in the following year there were like five other books that were like nonsensical worlds like not humor books like mine but just like bizarre, weird, wacky mm-hmm. worlds. I mean, and Weird World is one of them. <laughs> you know, like, it was like, all of a sudden, it was like there was a, something in the zeitgeist where this was happening. I think we've seen the same thing where it's like, you know, you go from, then all of a sudden there's a lot of fantasy books, or there's a lot of post-apocalyptic yeah. Like books. Southern
2: Comics, like when Southern Bastards came out, yes. the next thing, you know, you got all the, like, there's or the like 5 books set in the South, and they're all different, yeah. but they're all in the South, right. and they're, yeah. Right.
0: right, and so, yeah, there's a lot of, you can't predict that stuff. So, I think the best course of action is to just be true to yourself, what story do you have to tell um, I think it's you're better off probably having a it's it's better off knowing your publisher than it is knowing what's happening in the publishing mm-hmm. landscape meaning i you know I am probably not going me personally I'm probably not going to you know pitch super a superhero book at image you know. Um because that to me is not the landscape. Image isn't image seems to really be a home for things that um and not to say that it's not, and there are superhero books there. So I'm not saying that. I'm saying for me personally, I spend a lot of time at Marvel. So for me, um I'm not gonna rush to do a Marvel like book at image. It's just not what I want image yeah, to be sure, me. Sure. For me, image is going to be the stuff that I cannot do at these other companies. So it's more about what the what publisher I think you work at. Like you know, if I if I were to go over and publish books at Boom, you know, I'd I'd be like, cool, this is the place that does Adventure Time and Jim Henson books and and Mouse Guard. So I can clearly really lean into a certain type of book at. Um, boom or you know same with dark horse like dark horse does the hellboy books and now they do the black hammer books and they've got kind of you know i could do a darker book here if i want or whatever not to say you can't do the great thing about image you could do all those books at image um which is why you know i will probably always have books at image um so yeah, for me it's not as much about trying to read the landscape of what's happening right now because there's just comics take too long to make and by the time they actually come out, you might have missed the boat or you might be, you know, swimming in the sea with 500 people exactly like you, you just won't know until it's there.
1: Sure. Yeah, but I got to say you got your eye on the on a lot of diverse artists because I'll never forget it. I stumbled upon um a bunch of graphic novels. I I think it was uh Renault Delay. And I'm like, whoa, Scotty's going to love this stuff. And I, I, I sent you a message or something with an image mm-hmm. in it. I'm like, dude, you got to check out this bubbles and gondola thing. And you're just like, oh, yeah. You're just like, come on, son. <laughs> like, I, I knew all about that. And I was like, all right, my bad. You know. Yeah, that, book, that book's amazing. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you got an eye out there. You have an ear. You just, you, you just keep, uh, keep tabs of trends, not only in, in writing, but in, in, in art too. It's just, you're a busy man. Well, I mean, the the
0: thing is, is, well, thank you, but really it's just, I mean, it's, I wish that I had some sort of method to the madness, but mostly it's just liking stuff that I like. <laughs> you
1: know, like That's all that, that needs God, to be, right?
0: Yeah. I'm not out there hunting for what I think is going to work. I'm just out there liking what I like, like. Jorge is somebody who I just appealed to me and, and I'm, it was years ago. So there's no way I could have known like, oh, he is going to be X, Y, or Z. And, and and Aaron Connolly is the same way. Like, you know, you guys talked about Sabretooth Swords on the show. I was getting breakfast at Hardee's. I would ordered the book, got the book. was like, oh my God, this fucking guy's amazing. And then, you know, met him at a con because of you guys. And then uh, was like, oh, well, I'm kind of wanting to write. Same thing. I'll work with you. Let's do something together. You know, I got the Bully Wars trade that Mike Mully Wars trade comps the other day. And I'm like, God, I cannot be more proud of this fucking book, man. Like, because Aaron just crushed it. Like he could not have crushed that book harder.
1: Yeah. He's so good.
0: He's amazing, man. I,
2: you know, and and I love it.
0: And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love that man. Like I love him. I love him like a brother. Like we, you know, this, At first, it was you know I met a guy who you know is is funny and we I like him and we get along and then we're gonna make a book together and it was this thing. But I went down to Florida. I hung out with him and his wife. Like we, I love that guy. Like when I get off the phone with him, I say, "All right, man, love you. Talk to you soon." (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that guy. So it's like you know, not only did you know he's not just a great artist, like he's a great man. So yeah. yeah. Um, Did you think
1: that's necessary for? To cre- in order to create a true collaboration in this mm-hmm. comic book medium, do you think that it's necessary that you like your collaborator to that degree? Or do you think like a, a, an impartial, um, unemotional, the way Marvel used to do it, do you think that breeds a work with as much mojo as Bully Wars? Do you think it's necessary that you actually like your collaborator? I don't know, man.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, I'd be willing to bet like some of the books that you guys think are, are like some of your favorite book, current books. I'm, you know, I, I, the, the, the downside is the majority of books you read, the collaborators don't really talk at all. Like, um, probably not in know. the same
1: country, you know?
0: Oh, the, well that's, a, yeah, that's super true. But yeah, I mean, I've known more creators not to have really talked to, I mean, I think, I was done. My run on Venom, I was done with Venom before I ever talked to Daniel Way in real life. I don't even know if we ever exchanged emails. <laughs> yeah. So I think I had drawn five or seven issues of Venom and I had never, never talked to the person who wrote it. Um, and that wasn't anybody's fault. It's just the way the business goes. And um, you know, so it was definitely, it's definitely more common than it's not. Um, you almost have to go out of your way. Um you know, you almost have to go out of your way to make sure you do it. Like, it's
2: you know. true. It seems like at cons a lot will often will often come across that where a writer or artist that we know is is s- s- says something akin to like, "Oh, I'm going to meet so and so at this con mm-hmm. this week because you know." And it's like a book, like you said, they worked on for a year and a half together, and and you yeah. realize like, I know you and I know
0: him, but you don't know each other. That's crazy. <laughs> you okay. know. Oh, you want to hear something super fucked up? <laughs>
1: sure. I of course.
0: I have not. So, what is it now? When did New Warriors come out? 2006?
1: Seems like it, yeah.
0: Was that 13 years? That was 13 years ago, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 13 years, Jean has been my colorist. 13 years, he has colored every page that I've drawn. You still haven't met him. I've not met him in real life ever. Wait, what? Yep. 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 I've Whoa, not, holy shit dude i had I, no idea yeah i've not seen him face to face ever now we've talked on the phone a few times obviously we've shared six trillion emails um that's bananas uh, have not have not met the man in the life that is real that is bananas <laughs> dude i that is that is legit shocking i had no idea and i mean, and and literally i i is hard for me to consider this career without that man beside, I figured he was
2: Baxter's like Godfather for all.
0: If he (laughs) ever, I mean, legit, if he ever decides like, uh, I don't want to work with you anymore. I'm genuinely going to be like, what in the actual fuck? (laughs) 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 Because I mean, like I've literally built everything that I do, you know, with him. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it would be weird. And to the point where even when I'm not drawing books, um, I've, I've got him, uh, um, you know, coloring everybody else.
1: <laughs> well, the the um, dude yeah. could definitely play more than one tune because when oh, for sure. I learned that he was going to be col- be doing the color art for Middle West, I thought, okay, it's going to be a candy-colored, kaleidoscopic, you know, visual yep. treat. And Middle West is it's very colorful, but it is not of the same approach oh. that I hate Fairyland is not even close.
0: Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. And it's, I it's sent, going. I just sent have, you guys a cover. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Have Dave. a
3: fourth printing?
0: Yeah, I just sent you guys the cover for the fourth. That printing. is awesome. Yeah, and you
3: actually did well, the cover.
0: I did. As long well, as you can do the
3: cover for your book?
0: Yeah, it's, well, it's funny because I I did so I did a variant for issue one when we first started, um, and then I but before I did that variant, I did a test. Uh, I was going to do this like ink wash piece and did it. And for whatever reason, I was like, I, and I started to color it and I could not pull it off the way I wanted. So I did the piece that ended up, you know, I did the one with him and the the, the kind of scribbled tornado behind him, which I love. Um, and then they hit us up today that they, we sold out of our third printing awesome. and that we need to go back to a fourth printing. And they were like, you know, we need it tomorrow. So is there anything that you can do, you know, now? Or we'll just like recolor, or we can do like a variant cover color of one of the other covers that we've already done. Which I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't, I don't like just changing colors. So um, I just was like, and I? I, I was like, I did do that one test, like it was like an ink wash test, and I never came out. So I was like, I pulled it back out. I showed Jorge. I was like, I never showed you guys this. He was like, fucking hey, that's badass. <laughs> so
1: it's
0: I gorgeous. sent it over. I sent it over to Jean. Um, I was like, hey, could you do something with this? and uh yeah it's whatever actually I'm gonna send you guys over uh let's see I'll see that's too too big Um, anyway uh yeah so I was like uh he sent that over and he just did that back so I was like very excited that like the book is really connecting with people because we keep having to go back and print it it's insane yeah so so here's a question
1: from uh
2: from Jason Wood uh
1: I think I know him
2: yeah heard of him He's, he's dope Um, No, I've i wanted to ask you this for a while. Uh, What like just ask? I I I know you as creators, you'll listen to a lot of shows, and you'll kind of like you'll chirp the shows, especially when we try and pontificate about stuff we don't really know about. Mm -hmm. So here's your here's your platform. What's the what's the biggest misconception you think fandom, like I'm talking about, like the internet fandom that like is is up in it? You know, like what's the biggest misconception you think that fandom has about the biz? That you're just like, that's just not true. Like you all think that's true and it's not. Um hmm. like one that comes to mind is, and I don't know, like like I feel like whenever there's a comic that comes out, particularly by the big two, that fans don't like but they love the creator, inherently it's like, ah, but that's editorial. It's not their fault. Like Yeah. Right? Especially around events. Like like all the great creators always get a pass on events because People bitch about the event and then they say, oh, but it, it, they, they had no choice in the matter. It was it was all editorially driven. Like, I don't know. Is that true? Is it not true? Like, I'm just throwing that um, out there because it's something right. right. A lot, but
0: um, it, there's a couple of things. I mean, there's there's obviously the, um, you know, there'll be like some new story that happens. And then, you know, a comic will come out three weeks later and they'll be like, oh, well, Marvel did this because of this and you're like man these things not, these, th- these things take so long right like,
2: it gets like, back to what you're saying about sort of how hard it is to time the market because the stuff right in development like, yeah, you're, like you're going small. to retreat in, in April so like that yeah. will cover what period of time for the books like what like when will those books hit the shelves
0: uh, I mean some a year some a year and a half right, right, you know yeah. you know we're talking anywhere from a year and out you know like like War of Realms we've been talking about you know We've been talking about for two years, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean Jason laughs, he's like, "Oh my God, I don't know what we're gonna do at the you know the next retreat that we're not talking about war realms, mm-hmm. you know, um so there's that, and then there's um there's definitely things that frustrate you, like, you know, take Jason's door, for example, right, like um, you know, everybody got kind of frustrated about uh you know characters changing genders or whatever, everybody, and then, a small subset, but yeah, yes. yeah, not, yeah. Everybody's a, the wrong word, but it's, you know, people are getting frustrated and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, being in a room and having Jason come up with this amazing story and this amazing concept and watching it take, watching it form in front of you and then having people, say that they know why it's because this and this and this you yeah, like some kind of
2: agenda right yeah
0: yeah that's unfortunate because this was a this was a guy who loves comic books and loves telling stories and and came up with a great one and edu- ec- executed it perfectly with Russell and 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 and, uh, and Matt and you know made made magic happen and you know so that that stuff's a little frustrating but again it's it doesn't make me lose sleep at all um and as I've gotten older you know any of these things none of these things really bother me I understand why everybody gets involved it's everybody loves it you know everybody loves what they love and when you love what you love, you you know it's no different than being a sports fan, right? You 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 can throw the ball better than the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's no different than comics, and you just you know let everybody have
1: their fun. It's all all good. Well, I'm super excited for War of the Realms, more so than I mean the the, the idea of another event at at Marvel doesn't fill me with anything other than you know I'm not going to get into that, but War of the Realms is different for me because. I feel like Aaron has been building to this from the beginning of Thor. Mm -hmm. Like this Malekith thing has been going on forever in Thor. So it's not Mm -hmm. just like this, hey, what can we do for the the latest, you know, big thing? This is a story that's been on the stove for a long time. Right. And so it seems, this event seems genuine to me. It's not like, you know... Past events where it just seems like let's, we got to throw something together to sell books in the summer. War of the Realm seems like an organic permutation of what he started in Thor. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And I'm sure he's Correct. bounced ideas off you. Can you tell us anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Let, me tell
0: you. Let me tell you all the ideas.
1: <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Yeah. All right, so what what else are we going to... Scotty, what are you reading right now that's really floating your boat, if you do have time to actually read?
0: I'm going to tell you, I actually warned Jason of this um, yesterday when he asked me to come on. I literally said, warning, I have not read anything in forever. Um, There's one thing that I've been reading for a specific reason... But I don't want to say it.
1: Okay. Um,
0: Yeah, because it'll be too tied to something that I'm actually doing. So, and I can't talk about that yet. So, but I have been so, you know, between moving and just getting acclimated to our new house and and enjoying our new life here with all of our friends and, and getting kids in school and all the stuff that goes along with that. I, you know, I was even telling Casey, I was like, man, I really have not just sat down and read in a long time. And, you know, in a lot of ways, like, you know, audio books or novel or anything, like there's nothing going in mm-hmm. at the moment. So, um, it's been an interesting year where, you know, I've decided to put the pencil down for, for the majority of the year and not do interior pages and just, uh, write these books and do some covers. But, um, yeah, the one thing taking a hit from all this is the, my reading time, because writing, All day writing the whole workday is a working a whole different muscle. So at the end of the day, it's very tough for me to pull out pull pull open a book and get that kind of focus on.
1: Well, you're doing. Nobody's going to fault you for that. Right, for sure. Yep. Yeah, you're forgiven. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh jeez.
2: Dude, uh, one of our listeners, Brian Clark, asked a question. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, but I think I just figured it out. Um, and I didn't even know this was a thing with you. So if it isn't, then we'll just go with it. But he said he's always wanted to nerd out with you, and and it reads as this about GPK, which I realize is
0: I assume <laughs> Garbage, Garbage Trail Kids. Yeah, Garbage Trail Kids. Yeah. Curious
2: yeah. if you keep up with it or you just love the classic sets for nostalgia's sake.
0: Um, I just really love the old stuff. The, I mean, the the I mean, I I collected them growing up, and it was that was great. Um, uh, I loved them growing up, and, and we actually – me and a f- friend of ours were just over the other night, and she – we were – me, her, and Casey were flipping through all our movies, and she saw that we had the Garbage Pail Kids documentary, and she was like, there's a Garbage Pail Kids documentary? <laughs> and then I, I pulled out my Kindle, which I have the Garbage Pail Kids book that has like, you know, the how, however many first couple series. They have all the cards. We were flipping through those and looking through those, and then I, when I first moved here to Kansas City, we were having – at our friend's birthday party, and – um. Uh Jason, you watch sports. Do you know who Jeff Passen is? You watch baseball? I do watch baseball, yes. Do you know who Jeff Passen is? I don't. So he's a writer. Um he's a writer for here in Kansas City for the Royals, but he just got a actually I probably shouldn't say what he just got because I don't know how public it is. <laughs> um, I'll tell you later. <laughs> anyway, uh his wife saw my tattoos, my Mad magazine and Calvin Hobbes tattoos. She was like, I bet you like the garbage Pail kids, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, she was like, can I give you my husband's? I can't get rid of these damn things. So one night he came over, he, he just lives a couple houses down, And know, uh, one night he came over and brought his big box of garbage Pail kids. So we just sat down and, and uh, we're looking at those and just remember them. They're so fucking cool, man. If anybody hasn't seen that, if somebody, if you guys haven't seen the documentary, go watch it. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's it's atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it it's is embarrassing. It is. Very bad. Yep, yep.
2: Yeah, no, there's no doubt. So I have a question for you about the con scene. Mm-hmm. Um, C2E2 is coming up. Yep. And uh, we will be there, as our listeners know. Shout out. Can't wait. Um, but it's been interesting because as someone who pays a little bit of attention to that art game, mm-hmm. um, we are... Roughly a month and a and a week, like forty days, give or take, uh before the show. Mm-hmm. And they still haven't announced Artist Alley. And right. they've been real slow. It's been real slow on the on the draw right. in terms of um and I have my own theories on that. I might be off base, I may not be, but I guess what I'm asking is, you know, since you you definitely get the uh the baller A list treatment, deservedly so at these cons. I've heard from other artists and, and writer buddies that you know the con game has changed like massively in the last few years. Basically, because there's been so much competition for all y'all's time that like, and this is a good thing for y'all. Like, the stakes have changed. Like, they are more than willing. In fact, to almost like requisite, like compensate you for your time to show up, and mm-hmm. you know, they, they make it worth your while. Like, like your your downside is there is no downside anymore. Like, you know, you're, right. um, which is cool. But I guess my question to you is like, do you think? Because I think you're fairly forward thinking. Do you think we are at or are risk being at a point where uh, it goes wrong because these shows are like, you know, kind of overstepping their, their means? Because the, a lot of talk that like some shows like Heroes or C2E2 are suffering because they're not in the position of um, sort of raising the stakes for, for how they compensate guests. And as a result, they're having trouble getting guests. So I'm just curious. Well,
0: C2, I think, I think shows like C2E2, um, it doesn't matter to them because, A, Reed's so huge and they play the big celebrity game, right? Um, yeah. So the celebrities are the big draws at those shows, right? Like, yeah. Um, Matt Smith's going to be there. Paul Rudd's going to be there. Right. So, yeah, I don't know that it's really, you know, they're not going to. They're not gonna. I don't think they're crying. If um, you know, just name any heavy hitter comic <laughs> book writer or artist doesn't show up, they're not weeping. Um, you know, um, so it's. I think it's different. There's different tiers of cons. You know, and and um, we're definitely in a interesting place where sometimes the kind of sometimes the kind of offers that I get from a show that of the size that it is, I'm 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 like whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, is there any way that you're going to get this return? You know? Um, so I think we're still in this weird wild, wild West zone of conventions. Um, you know, conventions are weird. Now I often say that I feel in some ways I'm a weird, I'm a little bit of an outlier in the convention scene now. And I don't, I actually don't know how to comp comment on it. Um, as a whole, because it, and almost doesn't seem to matter which show i go to it just all does the same <laughs> like, you know c2e2 or heroes or whatever it all kind of works out the same for me um and i don't know why that i mean i i mean i, I have s- certain thoughts on why that is but um i figured i figured out the con for me and so it always works how it works for me um and and so it's becoming harder and harder for me to to judge the landscape Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. as a
0: whole, there are certain things that I see happening that I wonder how long that will sustain itself, you know, or, you know, certain bubbles that are, are, are being created that, you know, I don't know how long it'll take for those to burst or not. And if it will hurt the, the convention as a whole, or it will hurt the fandom as a whole, or, but you know, I, it's hard for me as I'm getting older and having more responsibilities, it's getting harder for me to, Spend my time worrying about the 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 macro of the, of it all, and just kind of like just deciding to kind of deal with the micro of me at the moment. And see what I can turn that into, you know.
2: Cool. Well, what we need you to do is make sure that if and when there's an awesome con in Tokyo, okay, uh, if, you're, if you need three helpers, <laughs>
1: uh, you need I, valets. I need find them. Yeah, we'll yeah. be yeah. your valets.
2: Yep. All right, I'm in. We'll be your hype men. This is an awesome
1: we'll, booth. We'll band. help form lines. <laughs> We'll, we'll get Vince will get you lunch. It's all good. I could be his Maurice. Okay. I'll just walk around with the mirror. And or Jerome, who is more stays? Jerome, sorry. Yeah, Jerome, yeah. I'm I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah. All <laughs> right, if we have no further business, you want to bring this on home? Let's bring it's this good. puppy home. All right. Hey, everybody, you know where to get your books. Only one place if you want to get them inexpensively and get them fast. And get them delivered right to your door. It's discount comic book service. Remember, from Image, it's Ascender, number one, by Lemire and Wind, for $1.99. Ahoy Comics, with the Bronze Age Boogie, also for... No, actually, $2.19. That's 45% off. And from Aftershock, Mary Shelley Monster Hunter, number one, for $1.99 dcbservice.com in your travels I'm going to go out a little bit on a limb here and say this is a book I think Scotty would like there you Mm. go Um, now hold your opinions until I get into the story I'm going to tell you who it's from so you may groan a little bit it's from Alterna Comics All right, be that as it may they do a lot of good stuff but they're not for everyone this book is called Actual Roger number one. It's about a kid named Roger Beeman. Roger's outside, you know, playing with his buddy Clay, and he's at that weird point in uh, childhood when the things that used to matter to him don't matter to him anymore. Like, he loved comic books, but mm, they're just not doing them for him anymore, and he's throwing them away. And this is a universe where superheroes are real. So, the big the the Superman analog of this universe is called Magnanimo. Okay? And um he's like, Ah, eh, there's only one Magnanimo. I'll never be Magnanimo. So I'm done with these superhero books, right? So they're outside playing, and this little meteorite comes bang, smack dab right in Roger's garden. And it has an effect on both Roger and Clay. Roger gets the power of flight he can only fly about a foot and a half off the ground whereas clay his name is translated literally he becomes this plastic man type clay substance and there's a there's a rivalry going on between clay and and roger but because roger has this superhuman ability the government steps in and they want to regulate this they want to give the kid a costume they want to place him with a superhero so he can develop his powers and fight for the government, right? So who do they pair him with? Magnanimo. And the guy wants nothing to do with the kid. Um, David, it's drawn in a Don Simpson style. Oh. Yeah, the visuals are really, really... They're pretty great. Uh, my meager vocabulary can't tell you how much I love this book. It's it's lighthearted. There's a lot of humor and a lot of soul in this book. I think it's great. And it's... Uh, a five-issue limited series, and this was the first issue, A $1.50 cover price. So if you you know have a couple pennies in your pocket and you want to take a chance on something different, check out Actual Roger from uh, Alterna Comics. I thought it was great.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. In your travels, um, I know that uh, I think Vince was going to read this, so I'm not going to go deep.
1: Uh, I do know that
3: Jason read it. Um, it has been a very, very, very long time since I went to a comic shop and bought off the shelf a brand new issue of GI Joe, but that's exactly what I did yesterday yeah. by picking up Michelle Fife's GI Joe Sierra Muerte number one. Whoop! Um, I did yourselves a favor and get it. You did read it. I did it's not on your list i didn't update the list ah, what's the point of the list, but this was oh my um god. what my what? god if if you were thinking about it if you weren't sure about it if if you haven't been reading g i Joe in a while, which i haven't been um if if you like Cobra, if if you like really great figure work um get g i Joe, sierra Morte this was um yeah, this was just, this was a ton of fun. It, um, you don't need to, if if you forgot about certain Joes, don't worry about it because you get who everybody is as they appear on the page. Um, there are some uh, casualties. There are some, uh, there is definitely some danger. And uh, there is a really cool, um text piece prose in the back you can't get there from here a guide to the fictional geography of gi joe by chad bowers and it's um it it breaks things down quite a bit and uh talks about all the uh good stuff that mr larry Hama gave uh gave this franchise and um and the fans so um I like the I like the glossy paper. I like the uh, I really do like everything about it. Um, I will be getting the uh, the next issue for sure. Did
2: Did you mention that it's written and drawn by Michelle Fife?
3: Did you? I, I well only because yeah, when I said titled yes, but yeah he. Oh sorry, uh, he I, did, has... I didn't notice if you mentioned his name. Because um, <laughs> I said Michelle. P G.I. Joe. Sierra oh, okay. Cool. Getting... Cool.
2: Cool. Nice. Um, all right, in your travels, I got two things for you. Um one's a to read, and that is I, I don't know, week, two, three weeks ago, I uh I, I took the uh uncanny X-Men to task. Mm-hmm. I uh went on a, a mini rant about the whole situation. And fair is fair. Awesome. So uh, at the behest of other comics fans who are, like me, long-suffering X-Men fans. Uh, they implored me to give issue 11 a chance, even though I had just besmirched the run up until that point because it was uh, essentially a new jumping-on point and a reset. And I I am here to give credit where credit is due. Uh, issue 11, which is oversized, Um, But the main story is uh, is written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Salvador LaRocca. It's 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 good. It's good. It 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 makes me this should have been the first issue. Um, I I honestly think this would have been much better, smarter choice to be the first issue of the new run. Uh, It 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 brings back two iconic characters that, that some might argue never left because we had other versions of them. But we get the o g six one six versions back at the center as the heroes in a very uh tenuous situation for the rest of the world's mutants uh it It felt like you know I said one of the tricks with as you alluded earlier, Scotty, like one of the tricks when you're dealing with these characters that have had thousands of stories written is how do you create new new ideas while also paying homage to the reason that they're popular. Anyway, and uh, that is a real task, and I think often X-Men writers fail at that. Uh, I think Rosenberg pulled it off in this issue. Um, There's enough fan service that you feel like he knows the characters and their histories, but it feels like a new direction, and uh, it feels like it's his own voice, and so I give him a lot of credit. So I I'm I'm I am reluctantly back on the uncanny X Men train yet again after uh, saying I was off of it a few weeks ago. Uh,
3: so we're down we're we're back to one singular writer
2: on the book. One writer and okay. yes, and it's going to be biweekly instead of instead of weekly, so twice a month. So, um, and then the other in your travels is a, is a something I want you to watch? And that is, uh, I dare say if not the greatest, one of the greatest American cartoons ever is back after a six-year hiatus, and that is Young Justice. Um, you, you well, have to have, as long as you have. Yeah. yeah, you have to have the DC app, or I presume, if we're being blunt, there's probably other ways you can see it. I'm not sure. I do have the DC app. But um, but season three, Young Justice Outsiders uh, is, is out, and uh, it is fantastic. It is absolutely wonderful. It's um it's going to be 26 episodes the first 13 are out kind of a half season and then the second 13 come out this summer but uh it's it's like we never left and my sons and I it was fun cuz my sons and I rewatched the first two seasons together the last few weeks in anticipation of the release of this and the first two seasons are amazing and hold up and we're just as good rewatching them This many years later so highly highly recommend uh that series which is show run by brandon vietti and greg weissman but a host of 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 comics writers are are involved in writing the show as well so it's it's awesome
0: awesome cool um i'm gonna be completely self-serving and say in your travels on february 20th go get the bully wars trade Yes, sir. By me and Aaron Conley and John Francois below and Nate Picos with designs by Carrie Hall from image. Um, I'm insanely proud of this, this book that's been kind of bubbling in my head for about 10 years and now it's a real thing. And uh, it's, you know, it was always, you know, my original idea was it, it was to be uh, more of a graphic novel, and so the, now that it's collected, the five issues are collected, It's uh, I'm super excited about it. And I hope everybody goes and picks it up. If you have kids uh, of any age, go grab it and give it to them and give it to other kids, and they'll lo- I think they're going to love it.
2: I, uh, I I ordered 10 copies to put in care packages.
1: Oh, you're awesome, dude. Nice. So. Listen to Scotty. Go get that Bully Wars. Yep. 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 And uh, Scotty, as usual, it has been an absolute joy to have you here.
0: Well, thank you so much. I told Jason that we just need to plan like a quarterly revisit. I don't like I don't like this idea of missing a whole year. Oh, for sure. Same. But, Are we so, going to see you in Chicago? You will see me in chi Town. Yay! Excellent.
1: But we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk we to you know that Sunday. The website hasn't said it but. right. When Scotty mm-hmm. Sunday, we're going to see it on Sunday. Yeah,
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll be here <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe the next so. maybe the next Sunday uh one of these Sundays Casey might be out of town so you just just check in with me she might be out of town I might needs I I might uh hang out with you guys for a night Awesome All right
2: there we yeah. go Nice well what what other shows will you be doing for uh for those listeners who won't be joining us at C2E2 where can they see you Uh
0: Planet Comic-Con which is my local show here in in uh Kansas City you can Say that now yeah I know right Uh C2E2 um and then I think I'm going to be doing Heroes this year, which I haven't. Of I think i missed the last. Are. I've let missed the last two years, right? Because we're not going this year. Of course you'll be there. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are doing C2E2, so That's, it's it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe San Diego, but I don't ever stand up at San Diego. Um, though I am, I am in in talks right now with like upping my con game to a to a big degree. So you might see. Might see a uh, a little upped con game from from me in the next year to two years, I think. Um, we'll see, we'll see. Well,
1: that's, that's never a, a bad return thing. return to
0: New York this year. Oh, maybe. <laughs> okay that's fine. That's fine. That that show. Uh, we'll talk about it offline. We'll talk about that. Cool.
1: All right, everybody. Hey, once again, love Scotty. Glad he was here. We love you for listening. And if you want to experience more of this thing come to our facebook page always having a good time there join us on the twitters and if you would be so kind to check out our patreon page that's patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics one one and uh in the meantime say good night keep it short david <laughs> Good night. Just take it short, David. Very good, very good. You're on the money this week. I tried, bro. Super nice. I'm All right. Good. I know you are. So uh, we will be back very, very soon. We don't know when, but rest assured, it will be fast and quick, and we'll be here, and you'll, you'll love it, we hope. And uh, join us. We couldn't do this without you. Say a night, gentlemen.
2: Good night. Good night gentlemen. Peace and love, everybody.